ready to go? I'm ready to rock and roll. Welcome to episode 14 of the Ian Prendercast, another sports podcast brought to you as always by MGA Traffic, a women's employer of choice. I'm joined as usual by Fabian Guadagnolo. Buonasera ragazzi. And not as usual by Tim Davis. Now, we all know... Hello, Tim. Uh, hello, Sean. And How welcome. are you, mate? Very well. We all know that this is the time of year where players start retiring. They start <laughs> dipping out. You know, you hear that news that, oh, such and such, Lee Spurs retired and player B, uh, someone Sam Gibson's retired and you start seeing the... the Cameron O'Shea and, should retire. <laughs> Cameron O'Shea's been retired. <laughs> so it is with that in mind that we farewell uh, Alex Billen, who has retired from the podcast after 13 episodes. He's called it a day. Lucky 13. So... Um, May to August, uh, that will be uh, referred to now as the Billin era, 2018. <laughs> I suppose this is, I, I like to look at it positively. You know, it's, we thank Alex for his contribution and wish him all the best as he moves into the next phase of his life. But, uh, you know, it's like rats into John Barker. It's, you know, it's like... Uh, is Tim John Barker? Potentially. <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's like Dude Ranch into Enema of the State. David Lee Roth into Sammy Hager. Sammy was an upgrade. You maintain this. Yes. That's why I thought you'd like that one. Yes. Yeah, Sammy, Sam, Sammy definitely was a... Who, what's your preference, Tim? It's David Lee Roth every day of the week. Well, David Lee Roth's got too much panache. he got too many word? good songs with David Lee Roth. Well, every good song is, is by Sammy Hager for me. Really? Yeah. Why Can't This Be Love? Yeah. Dreams? Yeah. Come they're, on. They're very ballady, white snakey at that time. <laughs> very favourite. Oh, yeah. They're really <laughs> I super... I love them. Yeah. Super heavy. I don't. I, no, look, I, I I don't dislike <laughs> David Lee Roth. Don't get me. You're the only person in the world who prefers Sammy. I Hager. prefer. Yeah, yeah. That I, so people take that as oh, you don't like David Lee. I love David Lee Roth. I love Van Halen. I like Gary Sharon. <laughs> You're a true fan. All right. So um, Jesus. Gary Sharon was lead singer when they toured out here for the three album, and it was phenomenal. He did a really good job. I sat next to Story Fabian Story going early in the pod. I sat next to... Um, I love this story already. I don't even know who it is. I sat next to Jason Dunstall. Jason Dunstall? At the, um, what year was this? Van Halen concert was probably 97 you or 98. Probably, actually, you could probably date it by Dunstall's hair. <laughs> he had hair? Yeah. Um, he was young. Yeah. So has- 90, I, reckon, I reckon it was 97. Rod Laver. Yeah, okay. And Sell out? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So... Um, and he was there with a few of the other Triple M celebrities of yeah, the day, okay. and um, yeah. Just, you know, just, what I, I always like when that, you're... that's that, that's my uh, well, not, not not a great story. Just no, it's a, it's a did story. you give him a g'day bungy? Yeah, he went to the toilet oh, pre concert. No, didn't follow him in, and oh, someone oh. said, "Oh, he was there," and he goes, "Oh, Piggy," because he used to be called Piggy yeah, a yeah. lot more than what's he called now, Chief or something. They call him Chief. Goes, yeah, oh, yeah, Piggy, yeah. hanging with the big knobs or something. <laughs> it was in the urinal and all that. <laughs> It just the way the, the guy was already drunk. It was just the way he said it was was, it was quite funny. And then we went back to our seats, and Piggy Dunstall was um, sitting time. not next to me. He was the row in front of me, and so basically the guy down and to my left. So um, in five years' time, you'll be sitting next to him. In reality, he was probably just no, no, he saw right him at there, the right there, going in, right there. He sat on my lap. Yeah, <laughs> we stage left, so right hand side. They both had the same seat number on the ticket. They so, went ah, they just split it. I actually went to look at my Van Halen. Seat number ticket thing. Look at the ticket stub. Recently, yeah. The of the ticket master. Look all the logos and stuff in the background of the ticket. Now they used to be yellow. Yep. The actual printing is all just worn off. Yeah, no, that happens. Yeah. yeah. So I've got a whole, but all the tickets I've got are just. I kept everything from my teen years. You're a hoarder. 
Yeah, and they're all just... Like, you didn't keep the Jennifer Love Hewitt poster. You threw it out. It's technically still in my boot, but it's going to go... It's, <laughs> it's going to... I might donate it to charity. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they'll love it. And Buff Bagwell. Buff Bagwell, that's... But, still, no, that's priceless. I can imagine some guy, some salvo... We are giving that away on this pod. That, that's going to be Did it. Did we post a picture of it? I, I wanted to get Kelly, Kelly's permission before we posted a picture of it. But uh, I think Kelly's on board with it. I think she thinks... It's a wonderful piece of art. It's a wonderful likeness. It's no, It's the other piece of art which... Kelly's girl. dad. Kelly's dad's called a self-portrait. He thinks it's Kelly. The skater girl. Yeah, he's like this is Kelly. I actually, he thinks why. it's a portrait of Kelly. I don't know. It's it's, it's made by Kelly, so it could be a self-portrait. But well, uh, they say that artists, writers, and they put themselves in the artwork. So maybe he's onto something. So um, I actually think it's not. That's not bad. I don't mind that in a VCE arts class type way. Yep. Is that like Jeff Hook, the cartoonist <laughs> that passed away the other week? Yeah, he passed away. Jeff Hook. He did. Was he did the political, the political cartoons? And stuff? Well, you're thinking more Mark Knight, I reckon. But uh, Jeff Hook was doing just more picture books and just whatever it was he wanted. He to wasn't draw like Macca. Ev- he wasn't doing like the sport funnies. Mm. And just every single Mark Knight does the Knight does the. Well, he's taken over from Wegg. Ama- Mark Knights yeah, are amazing. They're amazing. Oh, I love they? Mark yeah. Knights ones. Wegg's have got their own style and they're good in their own way, and that's not that's not a slight on them. Mm-hmm. But Mark Knights are unbelievable. I had a, oh. I doctored a wig poster for 2011. I had it at my desk at my former employer. Juddy? No, no, it was obviously an old, it was one of the posters that was made for one of the grand finals yeah. we didn't win. And I adapted it, a bit of Photoshop to, to was a Was it the old state, Scotty Palmer used to have the losers? And it was that the old story in his pub, Scotty Palmer would have the beaten grand finalists posters. Well, Pete, me and Pete shared a, a pod back then in the old office and Pete had the four Pete Brisbane Lions week poster up oh, there. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. So we had them side by side. So. That would have been very cool. Yeah, that, like a, something that never happened and I so, loved, something that eventually didn't happen. I don't know if it was the first year he did it. It might have been the very first night one, but they had the uh, the beaten St Kilda one and it was like Nick Rewalt and he had like angel wings. Yeah. And that was, I remember thinking that's a really good one. Mm. That's a, the Bulldogs. They're all they've all been brilliant. They've all been brilliant. But we we digress. So Tim is on board. Alex has been uh, he's been retired. He's out to stud. He's out so, to stud. He's out um, to stud. We, we, we move on. Yeah, we move on uh, without Alex. We want to jump straight into AFL. It's been an enormous week in AFL. Where Huge. do you want to kick us off? Who wants to kick us off? Timbo, well, I welcome. Think, I go. think there's only one place to go. Um, obviously, amazingly out of character. Um, yeah. uh, Andrew Gaff's response to a bit of buffeting by. Andrew Brayshaw and um, it was just it, it was a strange it was a strange happening wasn't it? Mm. That's it what was, was shocking. I remember I've been listening to all the chat this week and people have made people have shouted down others for what they perceive to be making excuses and I don't see it that way. I just don't think someone's articulated it well enough. Mm-hmm. In that Andrew, Andrew Brayshaw is absolutely the victim. He should not expect that to happen. Yeah. He's had his jaw broken. You know his teeth are going to have to be replaced and whatever. And and that's absolutely awful. Gaff has got his whack for it, so to speak. When people have sympathy with Gaff, or the sympathy I have for Andrew Gaff is, Brayshaw's jaw will heal, his teeth will be reset and they'll be fixed and that'll be fine. The damage is cosmetic and he'll get over it and he'll move on and that'll be fine. Andrew Gaff, who has to this point in his career been an unscrupulously fair player, will be tarred with this forever. His, His reputation will always have this asterisk as no matter how great, and he's a fantastic player. If he moves clubs, he re- retires at the Eagles and whatever, there'll always be that, oh, geez, remember when he punched 
You really broke well, that guy's jaw? Well, Barry Hall's the same. Same thing. I mean, Barry Hall is a premiership winning captain. Yep. And when, when you think now, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think Barry Hall, the footballer? <laughs> it's always it, been thug. No, that, that's the thing. That's the sad part about me but with Gaff. Was he, a, was he, a, he was physical. Barry was. Come on, yeah. come on, Tim. Come on. But he, he had a boxing background. So, I mean, he's gone to the... Here we go. He, we started with this fucking... Love for the Sydney Swans already. But he goes to the filing cabinet, what comes out, Blood's the first reaction fan. that comes out yeah. is is the punch. And that's not Andrew Gaff. Like that, no, that's no. But I've always been a big believer that a footballer will put together a 50-year career, or a 150-year career, a 50-game career, rather. <laughs> good good, good career. No, but you look, I, I get what you're saying, even taking it longer and, for And there might be that. one thing you're remembered for, which is... Which is Horrible. So it well, can be horrible. It can be fantastic. Well, so. sometimes you think, is that it could be a, like that Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, where at the start of your career you would die to have one for role, role, one yeah. role that is forever your Luke Skywalker, or you know, Michael J. Fox did a lot of stuff, but forever he's Marty Mark. McFly. Yeah. You'd kill for it. You'd say, How good is this? But sometimes it's bad. Yeah. yeah. And it's just oh jeez, fucking you punched well, it. Oh, so, and I want to make sure that we, 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 us three, and I think the majority of people aren't victim bashing. Not at all. So. Andrew Gaff isn't the victim, nope. right? The victim is Andrew Brayshaw. Brayshaw, yeah. Brayshaw, yeah. I always confuse his name with his brother, but um, which one? The other Brayshaw, <laughs> um, Angus and Hamish. That's right. No, no, I was thinking the one that always gets concussed, which is Angus, Angus. Um, and Melbourne. Now, you, you brought up the Barry Hall thing. If Barry Hall, Brent Staker's ability to take a punch. Now, did, did he broke he. Broke a jaw, fractured a jaw. Uh, we've fucking knocked out. He's knocked out. No, no, he's knocked out. I don't think he broke a jaw. I, I think, think he was he just did. knocked out. Yeah. Barry Hall, I don't want to use the word killed, because I'm not trying to be that dramatic. He would have done a whole lot more damage to the Brayshaw. Cha- the chance of damage, the chance of the chance of damage with Hall on Staker was enormous. Yeah. Enormous. He could have killed him. All right. Now, genuinely could have killed Brayshaw's him. inability to take a punch. Well, he, he doesn't require any ability to take no, a punch. He's playing AFL football. But what I'm saying is he's been, he hasn't received it well. If he was on the end of a Barry Hall punch, it would have been a whole lot worse. My point is if Gaff, I think it was a total accident, I think he went to whack him in the chest. Or in the arm, or, but or he whatever. Went, but he went to whack him. He went, he went, whack, he him, went to whack him, and, and that's been a lot of the talk this week. Is but is the fact if he, he hits Brent Staker, yeah, he may he may get KO, but he doesn't. All the other stuff, yeah, doesn't just, happen. And if it doesn't get to that point, he's not then tarred with this extra. And like, you think too, like it matters to who's the bloke? Hits him. Who's the bloke from Melbourne who punched someone last year? Bug, bug. I already Mills. forgotten his name was Tom Bug. Like I know so that, Tom that Bug is, but I forgot. That one right? was real bad. And but my my point is. He's already out of your the, your mind because it was a horrible punch, but the consequences aren't weren't as bad as well. Mi- did Mills miss a week or did he play the next week or what? Just because someone's got the ability to take a punch, but that's that's this whole thing that the AFL tribunal is Patrick Cripps. He's been punched a bunch of times. Patrick, the Hawthorne bloke's punch on. Oh, sound like I know nothing. Daniel Howe. <laughs> Daniel, 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 Daniel Howe. George yeah. Lewis. Lewis. What do you mean Melbourne. last year when he busted his jaw? No, two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Howe got him. Tell you how it's the same thing. He hasn't gone to punch Patrick Cripps in the face. He's gone to punch Patrick Cripps in the chest. You know what's brilliant about that moment? But he's hit Patrick on. Cripps and Patrick yeah, Cripps. Yeah. Well, that's right. Play on, throw the ball they in right said, over him. They actually said, you know what we've got to do? We've got to mitigate this. Just keep the game going. Yeah. But my point is, 
This, that was the same thing. Now, if Cripps gets knocked out and fractures a jaw, breaks a jaw, loses four teeth, it's called a king hit. It's the same thing. My this, point this is, is, I fear that Andrew Gaff, like you said, is going to be tarred with his reputation of being a thug, and he's not. Did he mean to hit him? Yes. He yes. meant to throw a punch and whack him in the chest. He did mean to break his jaw. Not meant to break his jaw. I don't even think he meant to hit him in the head. No, it was, look, it was a completely regrettable thing. You could see immediately... So I feel sorry for both for both parties here. I, I, I feel sorry for 100% Gaff. feel sorry for Brayshaw because you can never... And you said he'll get over it in the teeth. I'm not so worried about the teeth and the jaw because that'll get fixed. And it's the pain he goes through and his mum goes through seeing him. But psychologically... He may never recover. Oh, Listen think, to Neville Bruns. Yeah, oh, jeez. Uh, no, I heard that interview and I, I, I thought he completely discredited himself when he said he should get a 12-month ban. Yeah. I thought he was going okay is, and when he said that, I went, nah. Yeah, it's the same yeah. thing with You've racial vilification. You can't tell people, but it's like people what keep, they feel. But it's like you people can't tell saying, people what they feel. Yeah, but like people... Like he wanted, so if people are emotionally mate, scarred, I don't want to go into that contest because I'm scared I'm going to get my head we'll kicked We'll talk in. about Neville Bruns. Neville Bruns has talked about Lee Matthews. Lee Matthews has been on record. I've seen Lee Matthews talk about it and simply saying he's so ashamed of it, he doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. I know that. I know that. So if I know I, that, I, how I, does yeah, Neville Bruns not know it? Yeah, but I still because think, I I still think Lee, Lee Matthews should have given him a call. No, but he 100% said, he should have given him a said, call. I remember seeing there was a, that night, 100 years of AFL documentary. I think he said it. That was 22 years ago. Yeah, but did he reach out to Neville Bruns? No. We don't know that. Lethal was another one who's a thug, yeah. but his career has... That's, that colours his career. It, it, it transcends the incident, but you do remember it. You do. Mm. People, when people think of they think him breaking the goalpost, yeah. they think of him punching Neville Bruns. Yeah. And, he's he's, had a, and he's had a post-playing career, yeah, which, which is a legend, legendary coach and everything, and in the media and stuff. So. But I think further to what you were saying, there's this attitude that whenever something like this happens and you talk about, <laughs> people always talk about, oh, you know... Like, you listen to SEN for 10 minutes, you'll hear 15 people ring up and say, if this happened on the street, it'd be... Well, it didn't. Yeah, exactly. It right. didn't happen on the street. That's not yeah. excusing it. Oh, you'd be in jail. Well, no, well, it didn't. So you can't use that as, an, as a correlation. Yeah, don't speculate. Just talk about what you happened. Just talk yeah. about what happened. You can't it's, jump upon someone on the street. This idea... This whole thing where people try to bring on-field incidents into an off-field scenario, it doesn't count. It doesn't, doesn't wash with me. This sounds so simple, but it's different because it's different. Hmm. It's a completely different situation, and it's this. This is that whole thing where what what's come out of it, or the mitigating, what's come out of this whole incident is, oh, we need to crack down on everything, and this has become a platform now. People forget Daniel Howe punched Cripps in the face two weeks ago. And no, no, just no punched one, him in the face. No one gave a shit. He got two weeks, and everyone went, oh, okay, that's yeah, that's, that's about right. Yeah, yeah, move on. This incident is worse. Zach than that. Jones punched uh, Merritt. Merritt. Tim thought it was nothing because it's a Swans player. But yeah, true. Jack. Zach Jones punched. I think Tim was. Zach Merritt I think in the Tim face. was wondering if Zach's uh, fist was get? okay. What did he get? Uh, he got fined. He got a fine. Now, because in another incident, he, he was like a bit of so, front-on contact, and he got a week for a separate incident. So basically, we're punishing the outcome, which is and right. the which AFL right. keep Absolutely. harping on that we're not going to be punishing yep. the outcome. If you want to outlaw, but I've always hated jumper punches because I reckon they're just bullshit, the cheap shots, right? And let's get this clear: my club or our club. Do it all the time, all the time, right? We're not, we're not. Oh, everyone jumper punches us. Everyone does it. It just, it's a shit look. Yeah. When people who aren't AFL people, they look at that and go, "You know who's the worst? At it? The worst at it's Tom Hawkins. He would actually grab your jumper and genuinely punch you in the face. It's not yeah. a bit of roughing you up sort of thing. He would actually grab it and go bang. 
and, and hit you. he's not smart enough. And then he like whinges about it. Yeah. And going, mate, he went through a period where he was doing it every week. You do that to me, I'm not saying punch me in the face, but I guarantee you my collarbones aren't going to hold up to a, a decent jumper punch. Like, I don't, look, <laughs> AFL, I'm saying the AFL are just lucky that that's never happened. Like, no one's ever broken a collarbone from a jumper punch. What, bike pulling on the other bloke's jumper? No, they don't just pull the jumper. It's, like, it's not a, Tim, oh no, oh no. It's it's like you're grabbing him and you're, and you're punching him in the collarbone. And they're just lucky that no one's, nothing's ever happened to him. Where anybody. do you stand on the, uh, I was punching rolling. Punching should just be outlawed. Oh, no. Do you jump a punch? punch? punch somebody in the chin. What, what's this collarbone business? No, when you get your jump and you start pushing it like that, pulling. Yeah, okay. I'm not talking about Tom Hawkins. Tom Hawkins just punching someone with a handful of jumper. Yeah. Um, where do you stand? And I, I hated the conversation. I thought Buckley on SEN handled it very, very well. Speaks um, well, Nathan Buckley. You know what he does? He has got the media wrapped around his little finger bucks. He has absolutely got him eating out of the palm of his mm. hand, and uh, that'll buy him another couple of years in the job. But he was talking it's about what cost Mick. And, and, and it's well, he got what saves prickly. bucks. He got too Mick, Mick got too prickly. Like he was, he would just be arguing about nonsense. Like just, that's ridiculous. Um, he actually, Mick was guilty. He, a lot of coaches do it now, just have a brief digression. He was guilty of that whole, um, or he sort of started that whole implausible deniability. You know, nowadays where you're the coach of um, a team, you've got a, you have star players injured, and you go, no, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> yep. They're going, oh, Fabian uh, Fabian uh, suffered an injury on the weekend, uh, looked pretty serious. Is he likely uh, to play? This is on Wednesday. Is he likely to play this weekend? And you, the senior coach, go, oh, look, I know I haven't spoken to anyone about that. I'm not sure. And it's like, are we meant to believe that? Like, quite seriously. Well, if, that, if that's serious, the bloke shouldn't have it's a like, job. like, do you take me for a fucking fool, yeah. mate? I would hold him to account. But anyway, but Bucks was talking about the whole punching thing and you can lie. The thing it's, with that is, punches, he punches could have just lied. Tolerated. He could have just lied. Punches aren't tolerated. Like, let's be let's be straight here. Punches generally, the merit one, uh, and Jones and merit one is a, is a bit of an outlier. But how punch Crips in the face? He got two weeks. Gaff has done this. He's gotten the heaviest sanction handed out under this system, equaled only by Solomon's Act, which was horrendous on Cameron Ling. Um, what did Solomon do on Cameron Ling? Oh, he just he like elbowed, like full on, like forearms sort of elbowed him and like crushed his face in. Yeah. When he's playing for the Dockers out at skilled... Uh, My point. In your park. Forgotten about it. That's horrendous. He got eight weeks for that. So Gaff has gotten eight weeks. It's an enormous penalty. It's not tolerated. It's not... This is this idea that, oh, we're just letting him go. Look, as Buckley said, he goes, we're just going to we just be inter- in, uh, introducing another grey area. Oh, what's a punch? Is there enough force? And you know what? It will take five seconds before someone gives, gives a little nudge and gets a week and we're all sitting there going, that's too... That's ridiculous. We get it now. He's sitting there going, that's not worth a week. Yeah. Because I think Levi Casbolt got one about two years ago mm. and there'd been too, mu- too much cheap shot uh, punches to the body and the whole media just started to roll to say, this looks bad, we shouldn't be doing this. And then the reality was the next bloke that did it was going to get done. It had to be a current player. But when Levi did it... <laughs> He wound up from the cheap sheets and mm. bel- uh, seats and belted somebody in one of the games. We, I have no idea who it was against. And you sat there and you thought... You're an idiot. You probably shouldn't get a week <laughs> for the punch, but for being an absolute buffoon, totally you should get your week. And, and it also stems this, what we've come to expect now in the conversation is, um, what's the chat, seriously? What's the chat about, oh, is it a good look, you know, players getting into other players? It's part of the game. Done it for 150 It's part years. of the game. You and I are playing on each other on the wing. It's fucking gladiatorial out there. Do you, do you there. recall, and yes, you can watch the 60s and the 70s, and they did 
headlock and get into brawls and stuff. In the 60s and 70s, they would. But before the game, before the game, murders. there used to be a whole lot more just hip and shouldering, like just or not even a hip and shoulder, more just like shoulder bumping and, and yeah. the general niggle. Now, it's it's a bit more of the whole grabbing and and punching. And I love stuff it. Like. I love the. I love the. I probably wouldn't love it if I was out there. I'd be petrified. But I love the the challenge of the mental that thing sitting there going, "We're we're going at it today." Yeah, and it's going to be on and, all and day. And Paddy Cripps would go out there, oh. and a bloke that goes to tag him and push him around. You're going. Cripps is sitting there going, "Bring, bring it. it on, let's bring go." It. Yep, it's you and me all day. Yeah, you mm. want to shot up the title? Let's yep. go. Because you know, it was Ric Flair style to be the man. You got to beat them. Got to beat the man. But that idea of the certain players would get them. Lance Franklin's a fantastic example of this. He's playing on a first game of last week, oh, and he's Jesus. sitting there going, he's licking his lips, going, "Oh, this guy's not only is this guy going toe to toe with me, but I'm going to be in his head all night." And some people know. in the media criticise him. Oh, I, I love that. If mm. I'm on, if I'm you his have coach, to. you have to go. If I'm his coach, gonna... I'm sitting there going, "You're playing on a first gamer," and Buddy be going, "Get it? Yeah, absolutely." Mm. My and good teams, good teams go. Buddy's on a first gamer. Yeah. Let Whenever something, let him go. But if he needs us, like in other words, I've got an eye on him. Yep, I've got an eye on my teammate who's on Buddy. And when every time I go near Buddy, I'm going to remind Buddy that we're here as a team. You might be playing on A, who's in his first game, but I'm here, and Tim's here, and Sean's here, and we're all going to gather around and. Well, it's that great line. I love. That's the thing with I'm hating this season with Cripps. Sometimes, like when Cripps gets that heart tag, no one ever goes in. And lays. I think it's almost because he handles it himself. Yeah, yeah, but still, I'd like to see I, I, not flying the flag and go in and punch someone, but just to remind him. But my collectively, well, you know, what's happening. You just got to block for the guy. So yeah. when he runs past, you clear you clear a path through to find his footy and all mm. that. So long as you're doing that throughout a game, I'm completely comfortable. But I don't think. You know, I love I love this idea. It's like um, it's a line from uh, The Dark Knight Rises, and Bane's beating the shit out of Batman, and he he says the line. Um, and I remember thinking, I'm <laughs> he says the line, he goes, I, he goes, I wondered what would break first, the body or the spirit. And this is the idea. If I'm Lance Franklin and playing on Magden, was that his name? Jack Magden. One Jack of them Magden. will break. Something like that, yeah. He'll either run out of gas or run him into the ground and he'll have nothing left or he won't want to go anywhere near the ball. Can you imagine what he was said break when, him. When, he, when he ran onto him? Oh, like he, <laughs> and that's part of the game. I hate this idea. Goes like you know, guys like uh, Waitley and there's others, heaps of him in the media. Mm. If every so often they reveal themselves to have, you, uh, my question is, when was the last time you did anything competitive? Yeah. And it could be anything: mm. playing squash, playing a game of indoor cricket. When was the last time a scoreboard dictated whether you won or lost? Because you're sitting there going, occasionally you reveal yourself to be just a guy in the seats. You don't get it. Mm. That's the competitive edge. That a good player has over another team. That's some guys get get fired up for it. You know what am I doing? How am I getting to it? Fabian's getting a phone call from his father. Not not answering it. You're not answering it. No. What does he want? Your tips. No you got fo- one more no day. Footy no, no footy, footy Tony. No. On on the gaff, the gaff situation. For a guy that's a free agent, what's What's the incident done? I don't think it would do anything if you were real into him. No. I don't think it costs him any money. Do you know what it's, do you know it what it's done? If he leaves, it's given him an out. He's basically hated in WA Who did from this? Eagle supporters and Dockers supporters going forward. Not they didn't they didn't commit common assault on the field and then leave. So there was this idea where it was like it got. I don't even know if it was AFL actually. I've just I got like you know we can half remember the incident, but it was something like this where it was like. This is kind of the get out for you. It happens in soccer a bit where they muddy the waters before they leave. 
Yeah. And they sit there and go, like Courtois, we'll talk about that later, was apparently a bit of a dickhead on the way out the door sort of thing to expedite. It makes the transition out easier. Yeah. It's very difficult to leave when you're universally loved. Whereas if there's a bit of angst, okay, well, fuck you, I'm leaving. I can't remember who it was. Digressing slightly. Yeah. When, when a girl breaks up with a guy, mm-hmm. she wants to hate the guy as part of her recovery. Whereas the guy, I reckon, always wants to be friends with the girl. Because really? it's part of his recovery makes him feel good. Yeah. yeah. It's just something that I've spotted throughout the world in the last really? 42 years. Okay. Just some musings from Tim. I don't yeah. mind it. I don't mind it. We, we should have some, like, some music that goes on before Tim has these thoughts. So, you know, it's like the, the cello or the harp or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, a bit of... Yeah. We're going to introduce maybe in future episodes um, Tales from the Punt. With Timbo, yes, I don't really Jesus. want to hear about wins. We got some, we got some material. That could be a tongue twister too. Oh, that that the name of that song. Tales from the punt. Yeah, yeah. If you can speak English, you're probably okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't want to hear about wins. By the way, I want to hear close losses. No, you want to hear some wins. Beaten favourites. We might kick it off even late today. <laughs> Maybe like you can think of one. No, well, I've, there's, 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 I've already thought of one, but okay. it's we'll uh, leave it for later. It's, it's, we'll... it's NFL based. Okay, in the yeah, NBA. we'll close, yeah, so we'll we'll, close we'll, the episode we'll, on it. We might. Oh, I was thinking about. Kicking us off with a a joint tale where it's it's where Tim has a great win, but it's tales from the punt featuring special guest Fabian. Special, yeah, we'll we'll touch on it. We'll, we'll end we'll end okay, the pot we'll on end it. End the pot on it. We'll probably so, forget about it. So no, just, we won't. I haven't. You're gonna write it's it down. It's only been it's only been ten years, and I still haven't. Forgotten gonna, about so, it. I'll write it down. Hold on. Oh, we won't forget about it. It's Laura Manadou. Oh, Laura Manadou. Yeah. I think even I fucking heard this one. Um. The latest news, obviously, from the AFL also was the draft. Yep. This is one of the worst You don't like ideas. this. I like it. I it's hate this NFL idea. style. No, but NFL works for a number of reasons. You know who the players are. <laughs> there are 7,000 picks. It's actually impractical <laughs> to do it in one sitting. There's 7,000 picks. But that's what I mean. So in this, there's going to be 80 or... You can do it in a night. You can get it done in a night. So this idea that they're going to spread the draft over two days. So but the, the first, first day, part, the, f- the, t- the first round is a bit more exciting than what happens. No, I completely agree. Because well, like you're saying, we know the players more in the NFL draft. Is it going draft. to end like an old episode of Batman? No. No, 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 no. Same bat Same time, bat times. Same bat channel. Yeah. Come back to see the exciting think, conclusion of the draft. I think at least they're trying to do something. And That's it will terrible. push out because the trading will happen more, I reckon, early Early on in the draft? Because there's live trading, is that mm-hmm. right? There is. There is. There is. But you lead me into a comment that I was going to make, which uh, obviously this is this has all fallen just very, very recently. But when you look at it, the draft itself is going to be on the Thursday, Friday, 22nd, 23rd of November. Yes. Um, the well, free agency period kicks off on the 5th of October and it runs for a week through to the 12th of October. That's too long. The trade period and the trade period they talk about players and selections starts on the Monday the 8th it runs through to the Wednesday uh, the 17th so it's about a week and a half but once the next day the trade period continues for a month where all you can trade is selections so that's where you're doing which I don't know why it needs to be a month no because but it's that's where when we've talked before about potentially trading two second round draft picks Mm -hmm. to get into the top eight or something like that to 
for a team that might just need the points and being higher in the draft actually doesn't suit them because they know they've only got so many points to get the players that they need. So My mm-hmm. instinct is this means less deals will get done because it'll be so much procrastinating. Well, I think there's a degree of urgency when the clock's there and you're sitting there going, we've got fucking 15 minutes to close this deal. Yeah. And there's a degree of stuff happens because it has to happen, whether it's over a month. Hmm. Well, the good the good thing is, and, and the fascinating thing as a Carlton supporter will be, if, if the Adelaides of the world are going to push hard for a pick one to get Jack Lacocious, they've got a month to be able to stew on it and put oh, stuff up. And, and, and Sauce, Sauce doesn't blink. Hmm. So he may not blink for a month, month. until you get to draft <laughs> very dry, dry eyes. Dry eyes. And if he Give me can, some Visine Give or him something. the drops. <laughs> if he can hold it together for that long and still get to draft night and then do the trade, that man is a dead set genius. But, yeah. I, I'm just fascinated to see the way that it'll play out. But, again, the month-long the month long period seems too much. Um, but we'll see how why it plays is, Why wouldn't they just have... Or if they're going to have some Frankenstein's monster-type trading recruitment period, why don't they just have a good old-fashioned transfer window? Well, I think this is what it's a little bit aligned towards. Yeah, just have I, it be I think that's the thinking. Three weeks, and it's just open slather, player movements, everything, everything, like a transfer window. Mm. But to have four weeks of, oh, I'll trade you, and I don't know if it's going to be jockeying with future draft picks, and, and I think one of the questions was going to be, like, obviously we can trade a future draft pick now, but there was talk, could you go two years into the future and beyond a little bit like what they do in the NBA? As a former man of this realm, Tim, you're not only the cultural attaché to Provence and the Gold Coast, you're also a former AFL recruiter. Correct. Um, should, the dra- should the draft happen before all this shit? I'll just, this, I understand it doesn't work with trading picks and whatever, but in terms of, like, should the... Should the draft actually be moved up a little bit? Because then you can sit there and go, at the end of the draft, this is what we've got. I hear what you're saying, but... You obviously need to trade picks before yeah. that. So you're saying you're drafting in and you, your two key is... forwards and whatever, yeah. and then all of a sudden you go, we need a midfielder. Yep. I need to trade for a midfielder. Spot Whereas on. if you trade for a midfielder early, and then you may not be able to draft yeah. the four, and then and you've, then you've you got an overstock of midfielders and not enough. Your list has got to be, what is it, 46 or can be 46 or 48? Uh, we're 40... Depends on... 7 now, yeah. so, so it's 38 plus 9. Say you've got your 47 players and then come the end of draft night, you've got 53. Yep. Then you know you've got to move 6. You got, And then that'll inform, well, we delist him and him, we trade him. Well, it's actually oh, funny. Yeah. That's what Carlton did for a little while there is you'd go through the whole trade period and teams would say, right, we're getting rid of Smith, Jones and Brown. Um and they're no longer on the list. And then you go to the trade mm. period and you're going, well... Well, you might actually have a need for Maybe Brown might have gone for a late fourth-round draft pick, unless you would have gotten something. Yeah, mm. and that's um, the point. Is it, keep your powder dry yeah. and then... Yeah. But uh, then once, once you delist you going, oh, we don't mind this fella. You know, but is there a pre-season draft? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can still... if once Why you do, are there too many, so many drafts? Well, I, I think it's been a, more of an evolution. Oh. You know, players that hadn't been picked up or out of contract or, yeah. or couldn't meet the um, the contract requirements of the team that was chasing them, and it just it just afforded them the window to be able to get mm. back onto a list. Just have like just have the national draft, and then a couple of days later have like a secondary draft. Well, as it is, the the second day of the draft is going to start um, at. Is it the first round or the top ten? There was a little bit first of conjecture round. yesterday. No, no, because you probably... So first Sam round McCle- is Sam McCle- McCle- on Thursday. They said times to be confirmed. And then the second round to completion is Friday, November the 23rd, mm-hmm. time to be confirmed. 
and then the preseason and rookie drafts are later that day. That does sound Whereas not... they always used to have, Isn't the... you, you'd do a draft yeah. one day and then you could have the rookie draft the Isn't next Isn't the whole or... point that you look at it and go, what's left? Which, as you what say, after need? 18 have gone, I mean, geez, if you can't track that, I mean, you've got some... I just, look, this, this to me issues. speaks... To, a few people have spoken about this and it speaks to the bigger issue of visibility. I've been really big for a few years now. I understand there's a cost involved, but what we need to do is we actually need to get more exposure and visibility for the TAC Cup and all those competitions. And, and we're starting, people are starting to take more of an interest in it. But the whole league, leagues, needs to be set up like, um, not like American college, strictly speaking, but have it be so the whole framework is about development. Yep. So if you're a uni student, you want to do broadcasting, under 23s are the ones who commentate the game. Yeah, Production staff or university graduates. So the whole mm, umpiring, as umpiring well, yeah. is young kids. The whole setup of the underage system is about developing people to step into club admin, mm. media roles. And how about the ABC, who's supposed to be a spot on national broadcasting, you know, but providing opportunity for... Use it as a top-to-bottom talent development pathway mm. for everyone. And then that way, um, like I said, there's a little bit more exposure. You know, because it fucking sounds silly. It sounds ridiculous. But if you know, if you know someone who are... Um, Jason's uh, Jason's commentating the the Oakley v Eastern game this week. You go, oh, yeah, listen, I'll watch it. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. have a listen. Yeah. I'll see but why aren't we playing under 18s games as curtain raisers? I, don't I have know. no idea. No idea. I mean, the, the competition. Do you remember? The we all remember going watch since 1992. It's ridiculous. Do you remember the reserves? Do, do you remember going seeing Ronnie Dulio in there? Anthony Franchina. Yeah. yeah. Blake Anthony Campbell. Yeah. Blake Campbell. Blake Campbell. Yeah. Jordan Doring. Like you, you'd go up and go, oh, number forty-eight. Darren, speaking of players, who Darren Tucks. <laughs> speaking of players whose careers are coloured by one moment, Jordan During, give it to me. One moment has ruined his career. Don't have it. Oh my god! Come on, Fab, give it to me. He was a tallish bloke. Kind of looked. He looked a bit like Kudo. Number forty-eight. Like, like a yeah, Dobie. Forty-eight. I've got forty-eight. He was at Essendon before he came yep. to Carlton. So that basically, he was a guy who tore it up in the reserves. And he was in the best every week, in the best every week. His career is coloured by one moment. I don't have it. Kicked the ball out of bounds against Hawthorne. Very late in the game. Not in the one where Ben Dixon ended That's up kicking the, the goal after the siren when Peter all, Schwab nearly died in the uh I turned the ball, box. turned the ball over, yeah. All he had to do was literally punt the ball out to the wing. All he had to do was hit the ball hit the ball into space, and that would have been it, but he panicked and ended up uh, costing us the game. Well on, on that too. Do you remember Chad Davis? No. Do you related? No relation. <laughs> Chad Davis more, was a St Kilda footballer, and uh, I don't know how many senior games of footy he played, if he played any, but he was playing a VFL match one day, and Peter Philandia got reported. Oh, of course. Was that the biting of the scrotum? He bit him on the testicle. He yeah. bit his ball sack. <laughs> This is another side note of Fabian stories. Oh, Mike, you didn't bite someone's ball sack, did you? Love, love me some scrotum. No, um, Peter Flandy's grandparents and my grandparents were like mates. Like, I'd come home from school and As they'd Rob be there playing cards and stuff together. So, uh, so my grandparents took a like an. This is when he moved you up to Sydney. Stay away from this boy. They they, uh, they watch a lot of City Swans games. My, my grandparents because of uh, they hang out with Tim's old man. <laughs> no, they didn't. They and the Philandias all get together and watch the Swannies. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, what's your old man's name, Timber? Uh, Richard. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think uh, Richard Davis would have understood anything that was being said in that room because it wasn't in English. So uh, a lot of Italian. So um, yeah. 
Well, there you go. It's my connection to the uh, scrotum biter. um, Scrotum biter. (laughs) I think that's whenever Peter... Our grandparents... I think whenever Peter Philandy's in the newspaper, you know, it'll sometimes say, like, uh, Shannon Grant's was former AFL star Shannon Grant. It's it's former scrotum biter Peter Philandia. (laughs) Shannon Grant didn't take the piss at the casino. That was... um, Who's, who took the, who who took a, a slash while at the tables at the casino? I don't know. On the tables, I Justin got. Crawford wasn't. It? No, it was a Sydney player. Justin Crawford. Oh, Shane's brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, he just, took a slash. Hopefully not on the table. No, no, he was at the table, yeah. sitting down and just. Yeah. Well, you can't leave. You can't leave. The, the dealer table. said, oh, "My socks are wet." All of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not allowed to leave the table. He was probably going really well. Didn't want to cash out. Anyway. We're moving um, on. We've got any more AFL at all? I thought I saw the the. Uh, I reckon I saw the premiere on Sunday. What Geelong? No, they played Friday night. No, they. Uh, I reckon I saw. Might have seen the premiere. GWS. 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 I can't. I can't honestly look. I love the GWS. They're my. Don't now, say it. Don't say it. No, they're the team you follow. They're the team you it. hope that wins the flag. Don't call them your second team. No, they're not my second team. I used to have a second team, and now I despise them. I hate everybody equally. Growing up, I had a second team, and now I despise them. Who were they? The Hawthorne Football Club. Oh, fuck off. I family connections. I don't give a shit. I used, my, my elder cousin used to take me every single week. Darren Jarman once tracked the ball over the boundary line, and I said, on your jars, and he gave me the look. He, he looked... Don't you fucking speak to me. <laughs> he gave me the... It was a weird stare. It was kind of... That still, was, it was a Jarman thing. Still, still love Darren Jarman to this day. He's one of my favourite He wakes up, Fabian wakes up, still seeing that stare. It's like, you know, yeah. when you come across the Dundee style. On the boundary line the at Waverley. This is before scanning of barcodes where two people walk in with a membership. One person goes out with, with two, two memberships and brings another person in and... Yeah. Get away with a lot back then. Yeah, especially at Waverley when he... This is Hawthorne in the uh, mid to late nineties. Oh, in the yellow socks phase. <laughs> this was, uh, yeah, this they were not not very good. No. So, um, and I went and saw them an awful lot. So, well, that's a wonderful trip down memory lane. So, I did have a second team. I don't now because I despise them because of those same people. You're not allowed to have second teams. That's bullshit. No, as an adult, you don't. No. Um, what were we talking about before you? Told I don't know. We're well, moving off. Just talking shit generally. Well, Peter Philandia took us off track. So. Um, no, um, well, t- I think the only other thing that I was just going to say. Oh is, no, I said sorry. I said GWS. We, oh yeah, we're talking GWS is going to win the flag. Um, G- I said, and I just said don't G- judge G- them on anything you saw on the weekend because they, they played. So they played a bunch of witches. They are so powerful. Oh, they played, played a rope. Yeah, we're but, we're not playing good football at the moment, but they are. We're not capable of playing good football. They're a very talented team that mob, and, if, and obviously Jeremy Cameron back in helps. But geez, when you look at it and you go, they got no pattern. Tom Scully won't get up. They've already ruled him out for the season. She'll Zach, come back. She'll will. Zach Williams, they're talking about might come back from his uh, Achilles. Yeah, Taranto. Which, wants to which be is back. a risk. Taranto comes back. I mean, Taranto was never going to be, well, no. was never at risk of being out for the season. But They reckon Green will be okay. Yep. yep. They're, just, they're just a team I look at them and go, they've got the balls to move the football the way you have to to beat Richmond. Well, I hope Peter Philandia is not around. Well, there. Jesus. <laughs> it's got get it away from him. Um, yeah, they're, they're just. It's ball magnet. They are, so, they are so, so good to watch. They are so good. And I think they can... I think they'll be chastened by the last couple of years. Do they have... Do they have the... The balls? Do they have the that physicality and the want and the um, culture and the... Like, when it gets when it gets down and dirty and they've got to... 
there's a word I was going to use, but I'm a better person than that. Well, no, fuck it. Let's go there. Um, do they have the cunt? I was going to solve that's the word Jesus. I was thinking you were going to use. We might have to put a disclaimer now on the... We might get the E on the iTunes for explicit content. But that's the question, isn't it? I think like, that, like, I think they're a very pretty, mm, capable, skillful team. I think potentially they have a few players who have that in them. Yeah, but I think potentially they could be. But by the same token, a lot of the time they kind of don't need to because they're so slick. They're so good. Yeah, they'll just cut you up. Uh, but Rory Lobb has to ruck them to a premiership Which is now. The Dawson's they got no ruckman. Yeah. Worrying. Yeah. But even Dawson Simpson, he wasn't really a... Fucking Richmond won one with Sean Grigg rucking, so let's, let's not... <laughs> it was second ruck, in fairness, but yes. That is one of the worst performances by a big man in a grand final of all time, by the way. Who was the other guy? Source Jacobs is extremely oh, lucky Jesus. that Malcolm Blight was an Adelaide coach because he would have said certain pitiful, something. Pathetic. Yeah. Pathetic. That may be harsh, but he has to live with that. Was it pathetic or was it pitiful? Yeah. Pathetic yeah. Pittman. Pittman, that was pathetic. Pitiful would have been better. Yeah, it would have been, but I mean, look, he was Malcolm was he was he was cry, he was driving, he was on, he was on a roll, he was giving the camera what you wanted, and he you know he went with pathetic. One of my gr- favourite moments in AFL history is Malcolm Blight on Saturday night with Steve Quarterman. Yeah. Quarterman, Quarterman, and he, he said, "I don't give a rat's toss bag." Yeah, yeah that's one of the great lines. The absolute. Jeez, he was an out there guy. Man. Love him for it. I saw that live and I just I couldn't believe what I was watching. I was like, I wish I just had the ability to rewind. No IQ back in the day. No, there wasn't. I couldn't give a rat's toss bag. And I'm like, please, please tell me other people are watching. <laughs> please watching tell me this, this. happened. <laughs> um, no, no more AFL? No more AFL. What do we got next? Well, it's EPL preview. It's the EPL yep. season. Well, it's the eve of the season. Yep. Ish. Yeah, it is, technically. Technically, Friday night fo- uh, kicks off the first game of the season, weird Man United that, versus Leicester City. Weird that Friday night football hasn't, and I don't necessarily think it will be embraced by the English public in particular. Is it it's second the season star. they've had it now? They've done it for three, I think. Um, they throw it in there just to stuff fantasy people up. They like it at this time of the year too when it's daylight savings a little bit, the, the days are a bit longer and it's nicer mm. weather. It's probably yeah. more, when it gets really bitterly cold, it's, it's difficult. But yeah, yeah they, they seem to prefer culturally Monday nights. It's weird. And European matches aren't on in the, on the Tuesday, Wednesday, so it's probably something. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one. But I, I, Friday night football for me is maybe it's just we've we've obviously grown up with no inside out, but it's just a no brainer. The pub culture to me it lends itself to it's, it. It's it's to me Unbelievable. it's a match made in heaven. It mm. is. I, I said it to my sister who now has been living there for some time. And I said to her, I just don't understand why it wouldn't be a roaring success. You hit the pub on a Friday night. They have drinks every night of the week. Exactly right. But yeah, Friday, every night is a Friday. Oh, my God. They have Friday night drinks at the pub, which is a fucking rite of passage over there. Yeah. Um, Throw a game the, of footy on. It doesn't matter what it is. We're on board. It's, oh, it's unreal. I think mm. do they maybe they do a tiny bit of championship. Maybe they don't want to cannibalize the lower leagues. Maybe. Yep. We forget there's an unbelievable amount of football on week to week, isn't there? And, and yes. I think that's, you know, when you talk about the what does work from a broadcasting mm. perspective, we love looking at the American model and how Monday night football is massive there. Yeah. But the thing that everyone forgets is over there, you play high school on a Friday night, you play college, college on a Saturday, yeah. you play the pros on the Sunday, yeah. and then the Blue Riband yeah. game was the yeah. Monday night. And, and they've, thrown in, the point of they've thrown in a Thursday night now for the, for, for the pro. So the pro goes Thursday... Sunday, Monday. Correct. I just want to congratulate Tim. But they don't the tread on anyone's toes. On yeah. his use, correct use of blue riband. Uh, rather than blue ribbon. Blue riband. <laughs> it's not a blue ribbon. <laughs> you know what's blue ribbon? What's the it? ice cream. Ah. 
Yeah, that is good. Like, like what you did there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, look, the EPL obviously kicks off. United host Leicester. Huge uh, start. It feels a little bit muted, but once it gets going, I think we'll all get into it. Yep. Um, do we want to run through? So I was thinking we, we'd go through the top six from last season, see what their major ins and outs are, because let's be honest, beyond the top six from last season, there was, you had Everton, Did okay. you had Burnley and all that. Are they going to push into the top six this year? I think the top six are pretty sad. Did Arsenal sad. make the top six? Just. Good. So, um, kick it off. So, last year's winners, Manchester City. Um, no real major ins. Riyad Mahrez, although Riyad Mahrez is a club record signing. He's an absolute luxury. Um, absolutely. Them. And out, um, old man Yaya Toure. Who said he, he'll, he'll, he'll up... play anywhere for one pound a season. Yeah, doesn't he hate Pep? Yep. Um, called Pepper Racist. Yes. Um, I don't think anyone's picked no. him up. Or anyone of note has picked him up. And Joe Hart has moved to Burnley. So Burnley have stacked goalkeeping stocks. They've also... They've if, they could have, if they could play three goalkeepers, they'd be, they'd be one of the best... They'd be favourites. So um, They've released about 400 academy players as well. So they're the major ins and outs. Um, to me, the question for Manchester City is whether... Not whether they can win the title. They, I think they will. So... From a prediction point of view, I don't know who you guys have got, but I th- to me, it's theirs to you lose. You have to go with the known. Unfortunately, it's theirs to lose. I don't think they will win it in a canter like they did last season. Um, it's but, all about starting well and putting pressure on them. Correct. And they having, had no pressure on them after November. And the year yeah. before that, yeah. there was no pressure on Chelsea. Yeah. Um, and the year before that, Leicester oh, banked enough points that when the pressure came, yeah. they could... Afford to, to and they drop. were just lucky that not lucky, lucky is the wrong word, but every other no, decent, every other decent team in the competition just was had, shit. Had, had bad years. Yeah, yeah. Oh. we could. Yeah, every other team could put their hand up and say we've had a Terrible. bad year. Tottenham would be kicking themselves. Oh, that was the one. That was on that, that's Tottenham's title. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then when they fell, it, like Arsenal should have taken oh. advantage of it as well, mm. and they never did. Um, Sums up. Both so times. the question to me is, can they? Go further ahead in the Champions League than they have. That's in the one they want. That's the, that's the one. Pep. That's why they've got Pep. Yep. They've proved. They've won. They've won the title with. They won the title with uh, Pellegrini. They won the title with Mancini. Yep. If I ever hear anyone say Mancini, I'll lose it. Um, so they brought Pep in specifically to win the Champions League. Same way Juventus have brought Ronaldo in. They want to win the Champions. They want to win the Champions League. So that's the question I think for City. Can they do? Yeah, I mean they're they're a team that has no excuses. No, they've got every resource yeah. and every... In terms, of, even, even, I mean, in terms of the players they've currently got mm. is a Champions League winning squad yeah. on paper. Yeah, you and I've, and I've heard other people say, yeah. where have they bolstered? They don't need to they bolster. They don't need to. They don't need to bolster. So they've got... Listen, Manchester City's backup 11 would make the top six. But they made a huge investment, people forget to. They made an enormous investment um, in Pep's first two seasons. Yeah. On, on building the squad that he wanted to compete. Huge money spent. So yep. maybe the direction clearly from them probably would have been, and let's not beat around the bush, they spent 60-odd million pounds on a guy that's probably not going to play all that much football in Mares, who's yep. just a, a... I think he'll start the season. Yeah, 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 with obviously the World Cup. Yep. Um, guys still coming back and, and having relatively short breaks, but... I think he's a better player than Raheem Sterling. And um, Sterling was key to them last year. Yeah. In a similar position. Sterling's just got a, that electric pace. They're stacked on the right. They're not like us as in, I was going to say, they're stacked on the right how West, where United, I shouldn't say where because Tim's here now. United are stacked on the left. City are stacked on the right. But 
unlike United City, do have Sane to play yeah. on the left, whereas we've got nothing to play on that right. So, Yeah, we just refuse to plug gaps, which yeah. is probably a good segue into Let's, United. Yes, well, United finished, finished second, second last night. So major in, Fred is the only major. Looks like he could be okay. Yep. And no real significant outs. Daly Blinn's gone, but he's nothing more than a squad player. Michael Carrick uh, retired. Yep, Had but he didn't really, he didn't, didn't Had, really play a, last a year. A brilliant career with us, very underrated across yep. the length of his career. Yep. Um, he's got more trophies in the cabinet than Tottenham Hotspur do. Yeah, no, he, he's, so. he was one of those guys who came to us and I think um, people resented the fact that this guy is not a, man, quote, Manchester United player. Yep. He was fantastic for us yep. for over a decade. We brought him in when everyone thought we needed to replace Keane. We yeah, needed that yeah. enforcer. And no, he came in and he was more of a continental inter- intercept player. And everyone was like, oh, how were they going to go with him? And we went from strength to strength. You know we, won, we won a Champions League in his second year. He was the player who, in the Champions League, on the continent, against teams in which you can't just bomb, fucking bombast the goal. Yep. You actually just need to hold the ball, recycle it, keep it tidy. That's why you go to see, you know, I went and saw Barcelona play, and the most impressive player on the pitch was uh, Busquets. Yep. Yeah. He was unreal. Just the minimal effort, the sufficiency of effort and movement, and Carrick was very much like that. Kept his team in the game. Kept Absolutely. His team on, on the ball. Yep. Well, sexy footballers capture the eye and yep. the imagination, but the the hard meat and potatoes footballers yep. just decide games. Yep. And I suppose the the only we've got a couple of you said meat and potatoes. I thought of Peter Philandia straight away. I don't know why. <laughs> well, so that's uh, bangers and mash, isn't it? Um, <laughs> the only other question, obviously, remains is what happens with. There's been a little bit of chatter. It's absolute nonsense. We're not selling Pogba to Barcelona. It's not happening. I love. There was a tweet. I set the text on to to our our like a, we've got like a group text with a few of the boys where we do um it's like a Premier League chat room. Um. But I, and I've stolen it, so it was a, a tweet from the full-time Devils, and they said that you know Barcelona have offered um, Yeri Mina, Yeri Mina, and Gomez, and fifty-five million pounds for Paul Pogba, and then they said United's reply was we offer five pounds plus marijuana for Lady for Leo, for Leo Messi. Yeah. <laughs> in, in other words. <laughs> Uh, no, it ain't happening. That's not happening. And then obviously the other one is Anthony Martial, who talks yeah, go- gone quiet. Won't go anywhere until January. Yeah, and that's the worry for us. We obviously need to uh, placate him or he'll be out the door. Yeah. And we'll not get a lot We're just going to cut our losses there. I, I think, to blame, I think it's a bit of both. It's a bit on the management side. He hasn't been managed well, but I don't think he's put enough effort into turning himself into a United player. But my, my big question for us, us being United, is will the will the damn wall break eventually? In what regard? The four that we have. We play a very defensive... We set up defensively as a team. We actually don't have a great defence. We've got a great goalkeeper. Phenomenal goalkeeper. If that breaks down, we're stuffed. Oh, yeah, we're knackered. And I don't think, given our pre-season, how horrible it's been, you know, the World Cup has stuffed that up. The Premier League's insistence on coming back early. The Premier League's insistence on closing the transfer window for Premier League sides early. Everything's leading to us just not being ready. Just not being ready. And if we get off to a bad start and look at the fixtures, we've got an easy start. So the worst thing we can do is get off to a bad start. I don't see us recovering. And I see us 
struggling to make top four. I've got us in fourth. I think that I think we'll struggle to make top four because we've got a manager who's losing his mind. Do you think he's trying to orchestrate his way out? Yep. So, look, I hope you're wrong, but I've got us in fourth. Timbo? This is standard Jose practice. Any thoughts? No, the only comment I was going to make was on Anthony Martial. Yep. Yeah. Um, if Arsene Wenger was still the manager at Arsenal, he would have ended up going to Arsenal. He's young and he's French. Hmm. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he would have gone real hard for him, but um, new fellow, what is it, Unai Emery. Emery? I wouldn't be surprised if Arsenal Emery said, of the state. I wouldn't. Yeah, well, he might well soon Emery be that. Emery at the gates. Um, I, I would be at all surprised if uh, when we went in. <laughs> Alex Sanchez, would have been giving me something then. Um, if we went in for Sanchez, if they said Martial, yeah, they probably did. They probably did. Yeah, exactly. Then we settled right. on Mikatarian because he's. Yep. I would have preferred to keep Mickey. Heartless Europa League player. <laughs> you don't rate him. Uh, no, I think he's an unbelievably talented player. Yep. But we spoke earlier about do GWS have the gumption in the big stage. That's the, the word stage. you were looking for, Tim. Gumption. Um, gumption. Gumption with a capital C. Forest gumption. <laughs> Mkhitaryan's a fantastic... Falcao. Fantastic Europa League player. Falcao, I disagree with you. I think the injuries, we never, he never got to showcase what he could. But you think he's a Europa League player, and that's fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is fine. Uh, Tottenham finished third. Tottenham now, finished Spurs, third. They've done oh, no who's business. Who's in and who's out? Oh, no one. No one. No one. No da- Daniel Levy has gone. If, oh, shortened window. I'll oh, just use this as an excuse. I think do you know um, what Daniel Levy's done. Daniel Levy's got the first insurance. Oh, sorry, interest repayment on that new stadium. Yeah. And gone. Oh, no fucking signing yeah. this year. <laughs> What's well, due now? This fuck is going to cost us billions. Um, Looks beautiful though. Is it ready? I'm not so worried. Poch wanted reinforcements. They didn't give it to him. Um, to me, they've got a brilliant 11. A brilliant 11. Um, well settled, well balanced, strong in every position. Do they have a squad good enough to contend should the shies and hit the fan? If Harry Kane goes down... Oh, they're, they're starved. What happens? So, Wowza, they're in a lot of trouble. hope it doesn't happen because he's a great player. If they lose Toby, who was injured for the majority of last year... We're apparently interested in him. We're apparently interested in him, but they won't deal unless they can get a replacement. To me, that just sounds like a, we'll put that out. Then if we lose him in the last hours and don't replace him, well, that's $60 million that goes towards those interest repayments. But, um, yeah, I think they needed to strengthen to push. Their 11 is good enough to beat anyone on their day. So... um. But, I'm seeing if their stadiums, there's a little bit of talk as their stadium might not be ready. There's there's photos of cranes. That's not good. That's not encouraging. Mm. Like, it looks great, like, in these photos. It'll be a beautiful... It'll be a great stadium. They've got a wall here that looks like something from the block. You know when you watch the block and all the bathrooms have got that shiny gloss white tile? Yeah. Like, like little bricks? Ones, yeah. Yeah. Don't watch the show, but I know the yeah, ones. Yeah, they've got a wall with, with that, like, bit all over it. Bit of a mosaic it. number. Looks like a... Um, <laughs> Uh, no, a, a lot of a lot of trendy burger joints use those. Yeah, they use those. That yep. Uh, yeah, a lot of lot of LED screens by the looks of it as well. Oh, it's a phenomenal state. It'd be a great state. That It'd was be- like that. Uh, I remember when I turned up at Etihad and have they sold the naming rights to it yet? No, not yet. Um, when I turned up to Etihad and uh, they they installed like what looked like five thousand LED televisions everywhere. Oh, around the grounds, around, around like yeah. the concourses and everything. You see, they're going, Jesus Christ. Yep. What a fucking waste of money. Yeah. Um, I've got Tottenham finishing outside the top four. Okay. Is that just because you hate them? No, no, I don't. 
Don't hate them at all. I love the banter with uh, a few of my mates, but I, I far from hate Tottenham. And, and you just think they're not getting better, and if the competition takes a step forward... If they finally have a year where the injuries actually hit them, then I don't think they're deep enough to... I suppose, too, with regard, as you touched on, with the squad, if you're standing still... You're going, you're backwards. going backwards. You're going backwards. Yeah. So, and and from a World Cup perspective, and the guys that played, how hardly, how hard have they been hit? Yeah. Um, that, that was actually a question. Not, that, that, it wasn't well, rhetorical. Well, well, it's true. Well, they between Belgium and England, yeah. they've got about six or seven starters that. Yeah, they'll play. They'll, they'll play round one, or game, game week one, but they're not yeah. going to. They're, they're limited preseason. So, yeah. and um, I reckon if they get off to a slow start, then it's. It's not so much there. I think they're going to be going backwards as opposed to everyone else may... Not everyone else. We, I think we'll start dropping, but teams like... The team we're going to analyse next, Liverpool. They're a real worry. They're on the up. Now, if you think I hate Man City, I hope Man City win the title if it's out of Liverpool and Man City. Because... No, Liverpool have... Um, they have... And it's it's a massive year for uh, for Jurgen. It's a huge year for Jurgen Klopp because they've opened the checkbook. If you count the seventy five million they spent on Van Dyke, yep, you got fifty three on uh, Cater, who, if you look at Twitter, is the greatest player to have ever played the game. Yep, Fabinho, yeah, great name, Monaco, about forty three million pounds. Jordan Shakiri, who's just a little fat garden gnome, is thirteen million pounds, <laughs> and of fan. course, Alison Becker. Is he the Albanian slash? Uh, he's the Swiss Messi. Swiss, yeah. Um, jerk off Yeah Yuri jerk off yeah. uh, And Alison Becker Of course The guy goalkeeper Very Very good goalkeeper 7 million pounds So You look at that And as I said You put the 75 For Van Dyke On top of it Coutinho obviously Funded a huge amount Of that But They've opened The checkbook Who Any well, Apart from Emre Char No real Significant outs John Flanagan Remember how good he was Flanagan Every time someone says Flanagan I think of Tom, Tom Cruise's character in cocktail. Flanagan's Cocktails and Dreams. Mm. How blink, good was blink, Elizabeth blink, Shue? Blinkity blink. Ooh. How good was she, Elizabeth Shue in Cocktail? Was, yeah, phenomenal. Almost as good as she was in The Karate Kid. I, I loved Oh, she was better in, in Oh, no, a bit in more cocktail. innocent in, um, in Karate Kid. You know, like, I, you know, I loved Elizabeth Shue. One of my favourite um, internet forum comments of all time, people were arguing on this movie site about... Like, people will argue about... Like, what's a... What's like a universally like people love like a, a movie that people it's like a, an Oscar film like Shawshank or one of those films that people mm. it seem to be universally of the opinion yeah it's a really good film yeah well Shawshank's good enough yeah that's yeah. a good example said you guys will debate Shawshank you'll be the one that sits there and goes actually it's not a good film you know what is a good movie surprisingly cocktail <laughs> because that's like the, it was this brilliant <laughs> comment like to just cut to the core <laughs> yeah. of you'll come out and say a film that everyone's gone and loved that's shit yeah. but you know what's actually really underrated. A Cock- film that nobody likes, <laughs> Cocktail. I love For cocktail. the record, I don't mind Cocktail. Yeah. I was a big fan. Brian yeah. Brown? Brian Brown was very good in it. What yeah. was his, um, Cock- uh, Coughlin's Law? Um, was that his, what is that he's saying? And he'd yeah, like, it was Coughlin's Law. Coughlin's Law. Coughlin's yeah. Law. And there was... But he had a num- number of them. Yeah, like yeah, Murphy's Law. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. but Coughlin. Yeah. Who would have thought that that would be a good idea, by the way? Where they're like writing scripts. And even if you think... I don't know why Tom, I remember this. The, the guy in the classroom is named Ronnie LaMaster. <laughs> Where is Ronnie LaMaster? <laughs> and, he's, and, the, and the lecturer just and, shook hands. He, he goes, uh, but wasn't it like makeup for pets or something like that? <laughs> yeah, something. <laughs> it is too. Good movie. It's Cocktail. one of those movies I grew up... My parents had on VHS. You know what's going to happen? So, okay, you know what we're going to do? Let's watch Cocktail during the week. <laughs> and we'll come back and we'll talk about it. 
We can talk about flugel binders. Flugel binders. There's, like, there's a guy, he's rich, he's a millionaire. He invented the little plastic ends on the ends of shoelaces. They're called flugel, flugel binders. What I love about it is somebody sat there and thought, they, they wrote this film, which is just extraordinary that it got made in the first place. And then somebody somebody made the phone call. This is in 1987? Yeah, probably. Right? yeah. Someone made the phone call and with a straight face was able to say, we got Tom Cruise. <laughs> like dead set. They were able to go, the fucking biggest movie star in the world is going to be in this movie. Great. No, honestly, I, I love that movie. That's a great film. The reggae version of this magic moment that's getting played in the club. This too. magic moment. There's everything about that movie just works. It's like Top it Gun. Top Gun should be a good The whole soundtrack is Cocktail amazing. should not work. It shouldn't work. <sighs> that waterfall scene. I'm gonna, I might go home tonight. Might uh, text Kelly to put the popcorn on. Not that I can have any popcorn, but um, back back to how do we get to cocktails? Oh, cocktail. Flanagan, John Flanagan got released. Oh, okay. Um, the only question I have over Liverpool is can they handle the expectation? Because it has come. <coughs> They're a team that I think likes it though. So, There's something about them that they kind of like this idea. You got England rode the crest of a wave at the World Cup on this. It was positivity. Yep. And I think Liverpool, we saw it a couple of years ago, they fell over, obviously, and didn't end up winning it, much to my delight. But um, they wrote it, they loved it, they embraced it. Yep. This idea that this is our year, it's been that running joke, it's coming home, this is our year. <laughs> I think that's something about it. I hope that they fall apart and get relegated. More prediction then for Liverpool. Hopefully it's second. Runner-up. No I've got him as runner-up. I've got him as runner-up. Hopefully it's a bit like uh, 2009, was it? Without no, when we won it, they were pretty good. They finished. They batted us at Old Trafford, and there was that sense that they'll do it, they'll win it. Yeah. And the better, the the, the more battle hardened team, us then City now. The yep. ones with the gumption. The one with the gumption, um, which is also a paste used to get rid of hardy stains. What like? Jiff. Yeah, basically. Cool. Just a rival. Happy Sam. Yeah, uh, well, no, it's more, you you know, industrial. Okay. Um, fifth place from last year, Chelsea. They have spent £71 million on a man, I'm going to be brutally honest, I've never heard of, to replace one of the better goalkeepers in the world. Give me, give us his name, Sean. Keeper, um, keeper, I'm just scrolling up to find a spelling. Uh, Ariza Balaga. Ariza Balaga. £71 million. Pounds. I Great a, name for a keeper. His keeper. name is... Keeper. I got a question for you, Fabian. <laughs> It'd be a shame if he was a left back. <laughs> <laughs> Keeper is David De Gea's understudy in the Spanish national team. If yes. Keeper is worth seventy-one point six million pounds. How much is David De Gea worth? One hundred and forty-three point two. He is one hundred and fifty million. See that? Player. That's exactly double. Right. If he, if he, if this guy's worth seventy, he's one hundred and fifty. Yeah, one hundred percent. And that's why I think they. How have, good is this for us? I think that's why they've moved on. Well, with only, the outs, with the outs. There's only one team. I think that's why Real Madrid have moved on from trying to get to her. Yeah. And have gotten Courtois. There's only Courtois one. Courtois' family weirdly lived in Madrid. Well, he's for Atletico. No, no, I'm saying stayed there. Oh, well, he stayed there. Yeah, that is weird. They, they never moved to Chelsea. That's odd. So that pull to go home was always there. That was That's just not right. That's bizarre. It's mm. like when Andrew Mackay was playing in, training in Brisbane, playing for Carlton. Uh, yeah, was when never he was going to Never going to work. That was 96? Was it, yeah, it was a little bit after we won the premiership. That's, um, yeah, that's a weird thing. And it's not like, I, I, having been 
Have you been been to London? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Have you been to Manchester? Have you been up north? Nah, don't go there. So London is a lovely, lovely, it's a brilliant city. I love London. I can sort of understand why people, particularly of a Spanish, South American, Iberian, why they don't really like Manchester. It's very grey. It's very cold. It's a a nice enough city, but it's not London. Yeah, it's been a week in Newcastle and that was nice. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is okay. Yeah. I quite like it. You go, yeah, this is all right. But for like a warm climate sort of guy, hmm. you'd be going, this And it's more to do with his family because he's kind of training every week, every day and doing but, that. But like what I'm trying to say is, what's his, what's his wife he's playing for his... Chelsea, yeah. they'd be living outside in Surrey or outside of London somewhere. It'd be mm. fine. Well, Jose's family's still in London. Yeah, he lives in a hotel. And they asked him, oh, is that because you don't intend to stay in Manchester longer? And he said, no, it's because I'm very messy. He also he's also staying. If anyone knows their hotels, the Lowry. That's where we all stay. Is oh, an unbelievable game. hotel in Manchester. Believe yeah. me, he's not staying in a fucking Best Western. Yeah. <laughs> but the whole team stays there the night before a game. I don't know if they do that anymore. Yeah, they still do. I don't get that for the life of me. I don't understand. Sleep. You're playing a home game, and we're going to stay in a hotel. It's to get sleep. It's ridiculous. Yeah, well, Save the money. Um, so, so ins obviously Maurizio Sarri for yes. from. Um, Napoli is the coach who's come in. Jorginho has come in. Is Sari the one that smokes a lot? Yes, yeah. yes, chain smoking. Um, and Aritzi. <laughs> Did we get to the bottom of whether Stanford Bridge is a smoke-free venue? Yeah, all venues in the UK are smoke-free venues. Well, he's going to struggle. He's going to struggle. He's, he's going to have struggle. 500 nickels. If they're losing 2 nil, I've said this before, if you're losing 2-0 and it's the 80th minute, he'll just walk off and go for a dart. Yes. Yeah. Fuck, fuck this. I don't mind that. So um, <laughs> sort it out yourself. Outs obviously Conte, Conte and um, and Courtois. So and, and about five genuinely about fifty um, academy players. Mm. Like just an extraordinary. They use their academy as as a way of funding. They they generally put out players on loan and oh, well, a good example. Lukaku was fees. like that. De Bruyne was like that. Yeah. yeah. So look. I don't they, see. I don't see. Did they sign? Sorry, on a free, Rob Green. Yes, the guy that looked like a dancer. They got him. Daniel they Craig. got him before they got Kepper, and um, Kepa. keeper. And everyone was like, Chelsea's fans were like, "Are you serious?" Because they knew Cotuel was going. Rob, and they're like, Rob Green, and then Chelsea had to actually come out and say, "He's a. We've signed him as a backup." This is before they've even got a goalkeeper. He's our designated backup goalkeeper. Jesus. So. Well, yeah, look, I think they Backups are backups. Like Rob, Rob Green. backup. Yeah. Well, we got um, Rob someone as well, didn't we? What's his name? Our, our guy who's... Rob Grant? Is that his name? I don't know. It's Rob. It's Grant. Steve Madden? <laughs> Steve Madden? I don't uh, know who it is. Hold on, I'm looking it up It's here. Grant. Lee, Lee Grant. Grant. Lee Grant. Lee Grant. Why was I thinking Rob Grant? Lee Grant. Um, who's our third choice goalkeeper. And he'll be featuring on cold, wet Tuesday nights in Accrington Stanley yes. if we're playing so, them in the League Cup. I don't see much of a change for Chelsea. I no, think I think it's a holding fifth. It's a holding pattern for them. Fifth last year, mm-hmm. fifth again. Yeah. Uh, is that anywhere near Rushton and Diamonds? It's probably, uh, Rushton and Diamonds is further south. I've Maybe. got no idea. Just whenever the FA Cup comes around, where are Russian just, and diamonds? There, I like, are, there are teams you've never heard of, and you've got. I like Plymouth Argyle. Yes, yes. And then lastly, Arsenal. 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 They're the team I think will make the move. I think they'll get up to third. They've certainly identified some weaknesses in their squad. Well, this decided is decided where... that defenders are a good place to start. In doing my research, 
and you have a look and you think, oh, well, that's not going to improve this year. Well, the biggest change will be obviously the the manager, um, Unai Emery, has come in. I wonder what that means for them stylistically. That's where I think the, the biggest improvement may come. Because if you look at the players they've signed, Licksteiner, they've got the Greek kid, what's his name? Socrates. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his surname. Papastopoulos or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, Lucas Torriera. And they've got that, um, the guy from Bayer Leverkusen. What's his name? Um, Boone Leno. Leno. Jay Leno. Jay's brother. Jay's brother. He's going to save right. the ball with his chin. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to turn his chin sideways. And have they signed Dembele or is there just talk of... No, no, Dembele isn't. He's not a guy to Arsenal. Okay. Which Dembele? Usman Dembele. <laughs> the guy that Barca bought for $90 million and then went, he's actually not very good. Yeah. So, um... He's okay. No no big outs. Um, Santi Cazola hasn't played for like two years, no. so he's gone. Uh, per Mertesacker, also hasn't played for about two years. A friend of mine used to call him Meat Sack. <laughs> and... Peter Philandi's favourite. <laughs> That's ball sack. What's Peter Philandi's Jack favorite Wilshire. Drink? What's Peter Philandi's favourite salad dressing? Ranch. <laughs> I was going to go with balsamic. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jack Wilshire. Yeah, it could be a good signing for West Ham. So, I'm surprised they let go of Jack, especially after the season he had. He had a good season last year. What about Chuba Akpom? They got rid of him as well. What a loss. Yeah, huge. Um... The big question is, can Pierre, Emmerich, Aubameyang and Lacazette form a partnership? The, the biggest worry for me, I, I was at the, the North London derby um, in February, it would have been, yep. uh, at uh, the Wembley Stadium. How long did it take you to get back to it your sister's place? 90 minutes, because uh, <laughs> the train is a shambles. Um, and the worry for me in that game was, Jan Vertonghen closed down... On the run, oh, Aubameyang. And I went, if Pierre-Emerick does not have his pace, he does not have anything. Yeah. And that would be the worry. Yeah. That would be the worry. I remember watching that thinking, and actually I vividly remember oh, Spurs fans around me were all like, they all went, this guy's, he's, they were obviously worried. Oh, jeez, this guy's pace could be a bit of an issue. We've got some big defenders, lumbering types. If they run through the middle, you know, with Ozil and these guys feeding, and we could be, and he, they just went, oh, wow. Mm. And okay. Going into last year, I thought Lacazette was a decent player, and I still think he may turn out to be a decent player. I, I, if I was an Arsenal fan, I'd be looking more towards the improvement out of Lacazette as opposed to Aubameyang. But, yeah, and look, look, Aubameyang still ended up scoring quite a few goals, and, mm. and his return wasn't bad in the end. Um, and there's always that upheaval. We saw it with Sanchez coming in mid-year. There is definitely very few players coming in mid-year and hit yeah. the ground running. Yeah. So there, there is that sense that you know with a, a Shall we say in a full preseason that uh, Pierre Emmerich or Bamiyang um, should be quite alright? So I've got them finishing third ahead of us. Yep, Jesus. ahead of us. I suppose we will have a new manager in November, so there will be that, <laughs> that so, changeover. Um, so based on mine, I've got City, Liverpool, Arsenal, United, Chelsea, Tottenham. Tottenham. I'm going to go for City, Liverpool, United, Tottenham. Arsenal, Chelsea. Yeah. Oh, look, Timo's got to get go yeah. for. Well, I'm. Bournemouth. I'm less of the the soccer official. You're sucking on a throat lozenge over there. Well, I am. I am, and I am an Arsenal fan, so I'm very, very interested in seeing uh, how you guys rate where we're at. And I think exactly as we've sort of touched on before, the fact that there's a lot of players at Arsenal that haven't been involved in World Cups means 
they just need to take the opportunity to start the season well, find themselves in a good position and, you know, and, and, and launch from there. That's, so. a, that's a really good point. The last couple of years, Arsenal's season's been dead on arrival. Yeah. And it's been further, further hampered by the fact they've played like Liverpool away first up. Mm. Or whatever, and they've been yeah. space. Mm. City so lucky games. they've got City at home to start, <laughs> the, to start the season this time. But yeah, but yeah. Um, good, I'm, good. I'm just good, reading good, here. Um, Manchester United still hoping Harry Maguire oh. is still hoping of a, of a move to Manchester United. Uh, just one day to go before the window closes. Leicester uh, believed to have turned down a bid of about sixty million pounds, which is eye watering. For slabhead. Jesus Christ. Wow, we. Jesus, wowza, wowza, wowza. Um, I was just going to go through. So the newly promoted teams. Yep. Uh, Wolves, Cardiff, and Fulham. Mm-hmm. And with that, you know, so obviously the, the mid-table, it's, it's hard to predict who's going to finish between sixth actually, and... It's actually thing, difficult. But, you look at it and think, I don't know, everyone's everyone's reaction or knee-jerk is always, oh, the relegated teams to go down. Yeah, so that's, that's my question. Who will, go, who will drop... I think I think West Ham could potentially. I think they'll be. I think they're a big enough club to be safe. Yeah, I think they could potentially be in a tiny bit mm-hmm. of strife. It really depends how they get going. Well, the three promoter teams are always a chance to go down, um, but I reckon Huddersfield. Huddersfield, a trigger. Brighton, Southampton just escaped last season. They were, Southampton were desperately lucky to escape last season. And like, if there is a Watford, a Bournemouth, or a Burnley, like a surprise, if they start off horribly. They're not your Newcastles or your West Hams that are gonna. Of course, the uh, it's funny you mentioned Newcastle or the other one who are, who are very very. They're, well, I was listening to wow. Alan Shearer this morning. He's very pessimistic. Wow, they're, they're, they haven't they haven't brought in anyone. Alan she- and I agree with exactly what Shearer was saying. He goes, if Rafa Benitez wasn't manager of Newcastle, yeah. this is a relegation team. He could pull a rabbit out of the hat. They're a relegation slash championship side. That has a very good Premier League manager. They just, yeah, they, it's, yeah, they, funnily enough, sometimes, usually it's the other way around, isn't it? Mm. That are really well credentialed, like you get it. Yeah. But um, they're a team that will get by on their wits. Yep. Maybe. Was that you? Yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if the mics picked that up. Um, um, are we on to, are we off football now? That's it. Or was that what's the other stories? Like, well, the Arsenal Cronky. No, oh, yeah. Stan. Stan's brought out the... We'll wait and see on that. So what he owns means. all of it now? I believe so. Has it happened or was it was just a proposal? I think the first part of it is... It's sort of in principle, isn't it? Mm. It's a bit like um, Disney's deal to buy Fox. So It's going to happen. We just need to wait for well, it to Arsenal happen. Arsenal have been wanting him... Or well, Arsenal fans, especially the Nuff Nuffs over at um, Arsenal, Arsenal Fan, Fan TV. TV, which I can't wait. To start, that is that is compulsory viewing. Yeah, if Arsenal start winning, it's not going to be no, as terrible. fun. But when Arsenal lose, God, it's brilliant! It's brilliant! It's it's much it's must see TV. Must see. Well, well, it's the opposite of us say when Carlton come good and have to listen to all these media pundits. Oh yeah, in the next two, three, Through four years, teeth. Have, yeah, have to turn around and say, oh gee, they really did a good job here. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and then lastly, before we move off word football, of course, we won't give too much time to this because at the moment it means nothing. Usain Bolt has agreed to his trial at the Mariners. Yep. Um, he's he's undergone a, a couple of these, most notably at Borussia Dortmund. Um, it's an absolute yeah, a training session. At he's yeah. he's no good. But that's the thing. I think the hysteria has to stop. People think a lot of people go, "Oh, he's playing for." It's not playing for the Central no, Coast no. Mariners. He's he signed is, a deal to train with them. He's going to train, and if he's shit, guess what's going to happen? He's going to be gone. He's going. We'd rather play the two sauce bottles at the end yeah. of the ground. He'll actually, he'll actually probably wonder if there's sauce in them. Um, the, the worry for 
Does he uh, cut the mustard? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he'll cut the cheese. Uh, the worry for <laughs> the worry for the A League is, I think that the threshold for him to succeed in this trial is considerably lower because of the commercial reality. Mm-hmm. And he's an absolute gimmick. He's rubbish. Um, I, I think there's a bit of a young CEO trying to make a splash. He's yeah. a young, young guy. I've got Usain Bolt on here. <laughs> and while that's it's a big name in world sport, and it will attract decent attention. Yep. A 32-year-old Suzuki Honda is a much better signing. Oh, that's a great signing. That, is, that should be big news for the A-League, especially with the A-League trying to integrate or, or assimilate with Asian football more. Signing the best Asian footballer of his generation. He's probably not the best Asian footballer on the planet anymore. But Kaga was a better player than him. Not in a Honda at his best, is it? Honda? We'll agree to disagree. We you don't will. watch any Serie R and yet form players' opinions on players who play in the Serie R. All Kaga was done is play decent football at Dortmund and come to United and do nothing. No, he's all right with us, but we he, he scored he, one hat trick. He was one of my favourite goals of all time. Yeah. Um, he was all right with us. He was unfortunately the right man at the wrong time. Okay. Because he came in when we had the massive upheaval with managers. Moyes was you know no good. You know he's, Twitter poll. Honda versus Kagawa, who is a bit of... Who would you prefer in their prime? Just put it out there. Fucking Kagawa's a good player. On the... At the... People, people forget... People Prenda forget, underscore cast. People forget Kagawa helped Dortmund win... Break the... Break like, the like, my, like I tell my mate, guys, stop looking at Germany and looking no, at players no, like Dortmund broke, and go, this guy's a dumb player. But he broke the stranglehold of, of Bayern Munich. He was part of that team that yes, just it. was, it. but I don't think German football is that oh, good. I'm not saying it is, but fuck, you've got to be doing something right to knock Bayern off. Just got an email, a new job offer, but the email was from myself. Oh, wow. I'm getting spammed from myself. You've been sacked, Peter Philandia style. <laughs> uh, is that all we got on that? One? Odds and ends. Yes, odds and ends. We'll start. Um, very. I'm excited by this. I think it's a great decision, and I am fully on board. Daniel Ricciardo leaving Red Bull. I think it's um, what I hope. Are Renault good enough to sustain or to help his talent? Potentially. You know what I'm trying to say. Is, yeah, is potentially. The- so what you've got to look at it, I think that some of the angst initially when the decision was made, I thought, or the disappointment from the particularly Australian F1 fans, was because since 2007, Red Bull has sort of been the Australian national team. Yep. If you like F1, if you're Australian, you follow F1. Yep. Mark Webber drove for them from 2007 to 13. Ricardo's driven from 14 to now. So there's been that ever-present Australian presence in the team. But have we always been that colonial outsider that the team really doesn't bloody want? What do you mean? Like oh, Mark maybe, Webber's always yeah, playing second fiddle, but, but and then Daniel this, comes in and is kind of playing yeah, second no, but there's, fiddle. There's been this sense of they're kind of our team. Why would you leave Red Bull? It also takes a while for people to catch up. Red Bull aren't Red Bull. Red Bull aren't the Red Bull of 10 to 13. That's so right. this is what I'm getting at. This this decision to go to Renault, I think this is not about 2019. It's not even about 2020. He signed a two-year deal to get him to 2021, which is when the new engine regulations will come in. Those new engine regulations are designed to make the engines a little bit more efficient cost-wise um, and just, just cheapen it up because th- what they're doing, the V6 hybrids at the moment, are very costly, super expensive. So my encouragement is before... They bought these new engines in. Can anyone name what was in the back of the four-time world championship winning car? A Renault. A Renault. Yes, sir. It was in the back of a Red Bull. Yeah. So what Lewis Hamilton did was see or sense that, you know what I've got to do? I've got to break the mould here. McLaren 
their window is shut and he took a leap of faith and went to Mercedes. What Mercedes did was they said to Ferrari and Red Bull, you can battle it out over the last of this engine generation and we're going to focus on 14, which is exactly what they did. And have dominated. And have dominated since. So Mercedes and Ferrari will dominate, or sorry, will we'll fight it out. Red Bull will be there on the coattails a little bit. They'll fight it out for the last of the V6 hybrid world titles. And I think Renault will be just quietly going about their business. A little thing that people forget, part of the reason Renault fell off the cliff was because they actually downsized their Renault Sport operation and then the changes came in, they were caught on the back foot, they've never caught up. Yeah. Red Bull, now they've got momentum, they've got Daniel. This you, is this you, is a They've got you intent. as a customer. This, it's, they've it's got huge. me as a customer. I bought a it's Renault huge. recently. Um, they are. This is a signal of intent for me. This is yeah. them going out and getting one of the best drivers on the grid. And, and that's also going to attract sponsors too and bring, in, bring in the funding off. and you go, look, we've got the driver, this yeah. is our... And he's got a great personality. He's got a great this, image. This so, is what I say. So this is he's got a billion dollar smile. This is what I'm saying. It's a good this looking is, cat, Daniel. This is part of it. This is Ricciardo. part of it. For me. Part of it for me, and this is an important part of it. Ricciardo. And this is part of why Ferrari should have got him. Ferrari. Because he brings a 21st century sensibility to the, to the grid. Yep. Yep. That none of the big teams. Ferrari have. don't go in with two drivers, and Seb Vettel would not have. No, liked. no, I agree. But and this is the thing. This is how he works for Renault as well. This and is Daniel doesn't thing. mince words. No, no, but this yeah. is another thing that works for Renault, is that Daniel Ricciardo driving for Ferrari, who are the Yankees, if Ferrari yeah. offer you a contract, you sign, because you want to drive for Ferrari. Everyone wants to have Ferrari on their resume, and that's completely understandable. Daniel Ricciardo turning up to a red tie event in Vienna in a new Ferrari is a bit kitschy, it's a bit fun. Red tie? A black tie, sorry. Oh, it would be a red tie if it was a Ferrari yep. ball. But him turning up to this event, you'd go, oh, Daniel Ricciardo's driving a ludicrous Ferrari, oh, that's good fun. Daniel Ricciardo turning up in a new McGann RS actually moves the needle in a yeah. marketing sense because yeah. he's the everyman. He gets yeah. out of what's a nice car and you and I look at it and go, I could actually buy that car. Yeah. Yeah. I could own that. That's what the V8s used to be it's like in the exactly 80s. Exactly right. So there's a marketing component which he's fantastic. Watch him on Sunday and then turn up during the week and go and buy it. No, exactly right. And there's this sense too, I think you've got to be in a works team. Renault are a works team. They've got the pedigree in the sport. Um, you know, Red Bull, the unknown Red Bull going to Honda. This has got disaster all over it. Yep. You know what? Maybe Dan had to sit down and had a chat to Fernando. Fernando went to McLaren. McLaren, we got the Honda. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Unmitigated disaster. Yep. The McLaren Honda. The next two years with Honda, their Toro Rosso form has not been encouraging. You know what? Daniel's probably thought and sat there and thought, I'll give Renault two. And if they get their act together, we could be in the plum drive. And if yep. they don't, I'm out of contract. How and much I'm going long, to Ferrari. How much longer does Lewis go? What happens at Ferrari? Yep. What happens with Bottas? And that seat may still be there. It's so a who, risk. Who who leaves Renault? Signs. Signs is going to McLaren from reports. McLaren's a shadow of the team. That no, they are. are. And this is the example. They're, they're not the McLaren that... And this is why. So I think he's of, looked at it. You need to be in a works drive. McLaren, Ferrari McLaren and, were the team. Yeah, when were. Mika Hacken and, and David Coulter... Or, yeah, they or, not so much David. When Mika was was the number one driver. They were the team. They were at the cutting edge of technology. They were leading the pack you know in design. Why? And you know why too? So they had this is the idea where they had, you have to be in a works team nowadays. You have to be. Red Bull aren't a works team. Exactly, when they had McLaren's full dedication. Uh, Sorry, Mercedes, Mercedes full dedication. Exactly right. So they had Mercedes, were McLaren Mercedes, and that was where they got the edge. Um You know, you look at, oh, I can sorry, heart back on Honda. Honda haven't powered a Formula One victory. This is not a word of a lie. In 12 years. Wow. 
have a only victory, won, not even a championship. They haven't chanced a race win since I think Jensen Button won in Hungary in 2006. So oh, that's a look, great stat. This is there's a few political things at Red Bull as well, which is why he probably wants to get out too. Fabian touched on them. Um, I think this is potentially a, a, a really good move. We, it's there's, not about he has next a rift year. with Ginger Spice. Yeah, well, maybe it's not. It's not about you know Ginger. Christian Horner's married to, to Jerry. Ginger Spice. Is that a fact? Yeah, Jerry Horner. Jerry Horner. Apparently, the story. Um, uh, she Daniel, was always Daniel rang Christian Horner. So at Red Bull, they'd done all the videos and the photo shoots. I'm staying, whatever, and all of Red Bull's material suits Daniel to a T. He suits it to a T. I think what he brings to Renault is, like I said, that's charisma and sensibility that no one else on the grid apart from Red Bull have. But apparently, he rang Christian Horner. They got all the promotional collateral done up. You re-signed, and he said, "Oh, look, I'm uh, I've signed for Renault." And apparently Horner goes, oh, yeah, good one. Yeah, it's a good joke. Yeah, no worries. So next week we're going to get you down to blah, blah, blah. And he goes, no, I've, I've signed. I'm leaving. And apparently Horner was like, he was devastated. He was gobsmacked, yeah. Yes, oh, I, I read a similar thing today. And yeah, thought it look, was a joke. he's held in such high regard. I, I really genuinely think if Daniel Ricciardo is going to win a world title, this could be the Lewis Hamilton type decision. Michael Schumacher, two-time world champion, when he went to Ferrari, they were dog shit. He took the challenge. They were dog shit. Good enough to take the challenge and take the best name in the sport who was dog it. shit and return it to glory, and well, he, he did. He threw down the gauntlet and said, if you're going to get me... They brought in Todd and, and, and Ross you've got, you got to put in. While, while he won four titles from 2000 to 2004... Five. Or 2003. Five. Five in a row. That's right, yeah, he got one up with seven. Yeah, so I had the, the years right, 2000 2004, yeah, yeah. which equals five years. You're right, yeah. His best driving for Ferrari, it was when he was in... And it was like his driving um, up against particular ninety six. It was like in a bad. dog sled. He was driving a dog sled. That's 90, how bad 90, it was. Ninety six wasn't bad. He's driving up against Villeneuve much, in ninety seven, and Mika Hakkinen in ninety eight. Late nineties was phenomenal. Was outstanding. It was a piece of shit car. He lost titles by points. Yeah. In a car always that had came down no to right. Suzuka in Japan. He uh, famously um, one of my favorite. We started from the back of the back of the grid at Suzuka and just. One of my favourite moments in Formula One racing was when he broke his leg, and he what? was and he was out for several weeks, uh, several races, and he came back, and at that time Eddie Irvine was carrying the yeah. challenge. It was in nineteen ninety nine. He yep. was carrying the challenge of the Ferrari. He was in in the title up to his neck against Mika Hakkinen, and Michael returned. I can't remember what race it was. Uh, put the thing on pole, dominated off the start. He was thirty seconds down the road. He was dominating. And he pulled over for Eddie Irvine to drive past. He basically said, this is what I can do. But it also allowed that yes, thing. Yep. This is what I can do. I cop a lot of <laughs> shit when it, I when people do it for me. I'm showing that I can do it for other people. Yeah, he, he pulled over and, and he did the classic. Uh, I think you'd have to look at the footage. He did the classic. I think they did the thumbs up yeah. as they drove by. And it was this thing where he basically said, I've been out of the race, broken leg. I can still do this. Yeah. I'm not going away. A bit like Michael Jordan would do it because I can still do it. But um, look, he's just to close on this. Um, I think that this is potentially a fantastic move. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. We'll have to show a bit of patience. The next year and a bit could be tough for him, yeah. and he'll have to show some grit. He'll have to show some patience. But um, this could potentially be, if he is to win a world championship, the moment yeah. that he wins it. Is that a bit cup half full as an Australian supporter and trying no, no, to, try he, to see he has the positive to, in it? Or is... Well, he has to do this. Michael you know, left Benetton. They were a little bit on the skid, so, so to speak. But he went to Ferrari for the challenge. Yep. Um, the best one's Lewis. Lewis left McLaren and everyone sort of went, go to Mercedes. Mm, okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, or whatever. 
and that was a move that he was pitched the program. Dan's obviously been pitched the program. Yep. This is, as I said, a statement of intent. Renault, I, I, I'm hoping you're right. I yeah. was just playing devil's oh, advocate. Look, it's, it could, I, I find it fascinating. So look, this could be this could be Fernando McLaren. Yeah, going back to McLaren, it could be. It could not might not work out. Yeah. But look, I, I love that he's having a crack. Agree, agree completely. Uh, anything else to close us on? Uh, Odds and ends, Timbo. O- Odds and ends. Um, We've been waiting for this. Well, no, a lot of people's uh, favourite uh, grey horse Chautauqua oh, has yeah. again decided that he doesn't want to come out of the barriers. Oh, I um, what's keeps... going on with this this horse? Did he get the spooks or something? Or I, I don't know. It, look, Is this in barrier trials again? Yeah. yeah. So uh, evidently, throughout his career, he had issues. So clearly, from very very early on, there was always talk that Chautauqua was a gun horse. Um, How many times did um, Black Caviar beat it? I don't. Oh, well, I think I'm thinking of Hartnell. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Hartnell. Yeah, Hartnell was always going up against Winks. Winks. Yes. Sorry. So Hartnell's a really good horse. Comes across Winks, and they reckon it's broken its heart. Um, <laughs> but um, Hartnell turns up in the barriers and goes, "Good day, my day today." Turns and goes, "Fuck off <laughs> again." <laughs> I'm gonna run the so best Sh- second you've ever seen. <laughs> but Chautauqua um, w- was a really good juvenile horse. Um, there was a lot of hopes for it saying this thing because obviously they saw it work, saw its turn of pace and all that sort of stuff. But he he misbehaved a little bit as a horse. Uh, I'm pretty sure he ended up getting gelded. Well, we talk about a punishment. Jesus. One more time. One more time. We're going to set Peter Philander onto you. <laughs> <laughs> Were you, were you going there? Yeah, you, I was going yeah. there. Yeah, that's brilliant. I gotcha, I gotcha. So, um, and so he's obviously still had a few issues throughout his career, but obviously he's the horse that when he gets it right, he's phenomenal. And uh, if you're not a racing fan, the only thing I can suggest you do is is to YouTube the 2017 TJ Smith Stakes, and he wins his third in a row. Is that uh, Gay Waterhouse's dad? Dad, yeah. Tommy Smith, yeah. Her anyway, husband was the one that painted a horse. Was was her husband the one that painted a horse? No, no. He knew. He had heard about it. But basically, oh, okay. the story of the ringing goes: um, Robbie Waterhouse was so well connected. Yep. He had heard something might be happening and all that sort of stuff. I'm not even. I, so I he think, didn't have the brush. No. So okay. I think he may have had a bet on it and all that sort of stuff. Oh, but I, he, he wasn't. He didn't Are you telling me, Tim, that there is unscrupulous goings on in the racing industry? It's, it's, it's a bit of a tough industry. Oh, I at, at, fucking at am not having it. Are you going to tell the, me the next? Wrong end of it. Next, you're going to tell me that cycling's dirty. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no, look. As I said, do yourself a favour. Watch the 2017 TJ Smith Stakes. The race call itself is worth. Who does the call? To. I think it's, I want to say it's. What was that guy's name? Was he the guy that very... I can't... I'm terrible with the horse racing calls, but he he retired recently. It was much, much, much loved. Yeah. I I, I think it may have been. The Um, voice of racing. But but you listen to it and and the line, like, because in Chautauqua, when he'd run, he'd be last. Mm -hmm. And sometimes last, looking like he couldn't even keep up. And then he'd just... he'd, He'd wind up and then... And obviously, the funny thing with horse racing is... The horses that are in front get tired, yeah. and they slow down. Yeah. So the horse that's been resting looks so to like speak, he's going a lot looks faster. like it's going three times as quick. <laughs> and, and, and again, everyone loves a grey horse. Yeah. Oh, we so do, when, don't we? When you see it flying, like it, it's just it makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck. Has but, there ever been a champion? That's a quote. Everybody loves a grey horse. That's the name of this episode. <laughs> I've got I've got a couple I think in Peter there. Peter I've got a, I've got a couple in there. Um, <laughs> has there ever been a champion white horse? 
Um, so Scalacci okay. was pretty white by the end of its career. I mean, it was grey, but it got whiter and whiter. It's like a man I work with, knee. He took his hat off the other day. His hair was white. Was he a albino? Or? He's an Asian man, knee. And he, his, his hair, like he took his hat off. He had an unbelievable amount of hair. And it was white. It was white. white. My, my, bad. my dad's white. Jesus. My dad's not even a silver fox. My dad's just a, a white fox. He's like, knee like, like, a, like 23 a, years old. No, he's like, like 60. Yeah, okay, fair it's enough. It's like a Malfoy. Um, one, other, <laughs> one other thing that we've got. Um, isn't that the bit, bitumen strips that you put down? Isn't that called Malfoy? Yeah, I wouldn't know. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's a, it's a traffic It's a trading thing. It's a trading thing. With the women's employer of choice. Yeah. Yeah, love it. Swimming? Yep, go us. Um, let us have it. We've got the Pan Pack Championships. Where is it? Is it in Perth? I oh, actually, uh, it's in Japan, I think. Oh shit! I was going to say, I was, I was going to say, I have no idea, and then all of a sudden, I thought, is the I, missile still swimming? Uh, yeah, yeah. Is he any good? Or well, is it? Is, is he forever been ruined by the London 2012 games? Oh, look, a little bit. He he had injuries. He's had a shoulder reconstructed. They all have shoulder reconstructions, don't yeah, they? Yeah, it's a tough sport on the shoulders, but usually injuries come about from... <laughs> generally need the old shoulders. You do to swim. swim, generally um, speaking. Yeah. Poor technique, like yep. tendonitis and all that sort of stuff, you know, but obviously if you're having a shoulder reconstructed, you've got some pretty serious mm. issues going on. Because Steph Rice had her shoulder done as well. Yeah, yeah. A couple of times. Yeah. yeah, there's been a few, so... You, I, would, I would imagine if you come out of swimming without having your shoulder done... That'd be rare. You haven't tried hard enough. Oh, you haven't had a crack. Yeah. Oh, no, but but again, it's it's um, it's about stability and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So you always see you know, people with the stretch cords and are sort of doing all mm. the little the little muscles around the shoulder that hold everything in place. You sometimes need to work on and improve. That. Is that why you don't last in the sport as long? Is because you generally get more stiff as you get older. Or is it just mental? You're, I think it's just hard. It's just it's a hard grinding hard sport and. Um, it's hard. It's hard to maintain the rage, I guess. I think so. it's two for those guys at the real pointy end, um, and and a lot of sportsmen have it. But the pressure, yeah, would be Look, enormous. The, the funny thing is that they do biomechanical analysis at every major meet, and what you ultimately find out is your best swimmers are your most efficient swimmers. Mm. So it is about technique. If you swim yeah. well, yeah. you're a massive chance. So mm. the swimmers with mm. great technique. Will remain relevant. The you whole look way at through. your Phelpses and your Thorpes; it's effortless they're, for them. They're good because they're good. Mm. They are just. And, it's and, like you saying, Bolt, when he runs, yeah. Look a lane across or two lanes across oh, at Tyson paddling. Gay. Tyson Gay looks like an egg beater. Yeah, he's yeah. going hammering togs, and you saying just striding. It's the Chris Yaron thing. Yeah, mm. yep. everyone used to harp on about Eddie Betts and Jeff Garland at Carlton. Oh, they're the fastest player. Chris Yaron's got him covered by a mile because yeah, yeah. Chris Yaron just yeah. when he started to stride out. Um, every major swimming meet, I always look forward to the men's 4 by 100 metres freestyle relay. It's a great event. That's the greatest moment, I'm going to say it. The greatest moment in Australian Olympic history. Yeah, I Happened must, in the 4 I, I by 100 say, free. Yeah, thoroughly. Just the smashing of the guitars. Because yeah. that was an absolute... Greg Hall, Hall. Yeah, Gary Hall. Gary, Gary Hall, Hall Jr. Jr. Yeah. That, was the, that was the first night in the pool? Um... Maybe no, the second, it's the maybe because the women usually go the first Yeah, time. but that was this moment where it was it was genuine box office. The oh, Americans yeah. had never been beaten. We had a team to beat them. Yeah, Ian Thorpe sort of swimming a little bit out of his lane in in a way. Well, he was at that stage. He was still a two hundred. Yeah, yeah. Like freestyle. it was one of those things where you know, there's that it's huge horse racing. It was can he do? Can he actually deliver in the hundred? Yeah. Michael Klim broke the world you record did? off the gun. Do they start off. do they recognise that yes, now? Off the gun they do because it's the same as a normal race. Yeah but a flying start where you're anticipating when you can go. Yeah, okay, cool. So the rule basically is... so Because you can as, kind of say three, two, one, and I'm in the pool. Well, Whereas yeah, the other one, you're just 
literally waiting for someone else to tell you when to. Well, it actually takes you some, I think it's about 0.65 of a second to actually react to the gun and get off the block. Yeah. So if you, they actually have a a touch plate on the blocks. So if you get off in 0.4 of a second, you've actually started moving before the gun's been fired. So you've anticipated and you would get disqualified. Yep. Um, However, in a relay, if you take a photo of the changeover, what you should see if everybody's doing it right is as the, the, the kid in the pool touches the wall, the person should be fully airborne off the blocks with their toes still just touching the blocks. So they actually haven't released yet. Yeah. But as soon as they're touching, then you're legal. Gone. And, and they actually, I think they give you like yeah, 0.05 of a... You got leeway, a little bit of leeway because they recognise you are. Yeah, Eric Musambani's con- um, competitors weren't given any leeway. Who's that? Sorry, Eric Musambani's two other <laughs> two other swimmers in the pool with him got disqualified for jumping that's, early. That's the best and worst of the Olympics. That was the yeah, best. you're right, you're right. It's the best and worst. It, it's like it this went guy, so fast in the first fifty. Like he, yeah, he ended like, up it, doing it in about a minute fifty, which is awfully slow for a hundred meters freestyle. <laughs> but his first fifty. It was, it was like decent. 35 seconds. So it was actually pretty quick. <laughs> he blew up. And he's got a minute 15. I've got a, I've got a similar. At, at London, there was a lady um, running in, I think it was the, maybe the 400, maybe the 800. I can't remember what event it was. I think it might have been 400. Yep. Her name was Zamzam Muhammad Farrar or something like that. She was from somewhere in Africa. And she ran and she, she was wearing like long leggings. She had like the... the Hijab. Hijab. She wasn't fully covered. Yep. But anyway, she got out there and she was maybe, there weren't very many women in her heat. She ran something like, it was ridiculous. She ran something like one minute 20, one minute something or other for the 400 meters. I was going to say it was for the 800. It's, it's unbelievably good pace. <laughs> but I remember sitting there watching it and thinking, this is bullshit. I could fucking run this. <laughs> so the next day on the way home from work, I stopped at the George Street Athletics track yes. in uh, Doncaster. Dead set beat it. Dead set beat it. I literally went out wearing slacks. I bought a pair of runners, so I changed my shoes. Guys would have been thinking, "What the fuck's this guy doing?" There was guys training. I just got it. I just, I just got at the, got at the, the finish. Jump the line. fence. Yeah, dead set. I got at the finish line yeah. and just like I, I was running with my phone. I pressed start and went. I, I the time to beat was one twenty something, and I think I did it in like one oh eight. I love how you said there was guys training. It's like me, I, I was me daring Tim. At, at Tim, you can't kick fifty, and all of a sudden we just rock up to. Richmond training. So I'm punting punt, punt, punt road and go, middle of the training. Sorry, guys. We just, we just need to take a shot from 50. Just uh interesting point. My father is a life member at the Doncaster Athletic Club. He wasn't there at the time cheering me on or anything. No. You sure? No, he was off that day. Richard Davis sitting there going, what the f- is going on here? <laughs> now, we've just got a little bit off topic. So all we're saying is men's 400, 4 by 100 metres freestyle. The, the, the US will probably win. They've, they've got great depth. Um, they're a good team, but the two teams are going to push them, and Australia will be one of them. But the one to re- so Pampax is just everyone but Europe. Yeah, pretty like at the moment, there's the European Championship on now, yeah. and Adam Peaty, the the British breaststroker, has broken a world record during the week from 57 flat for a um, 100 meters breaststroke, which is phenomenally fast. Yep. Um, the PEDs. other team that's really close is Brazil. So the Brazilian team, uh, and, and they've had a, a history of very great um, male sprinters throughout the last probably 15 to 20 years, um, and they've got a sort of a, a succession of uh, good swimmers coming through, but it's going to make, being a swimming aficionado, I'm, I'm, just in, I'm really interested in that event, yep. and, and obviously you know, world-class swimming, 
somewhere, anywhere will be interesting. Here's my question to you. Hello. What's going on with the Dutch? Because they've had like they've always produced decent swim. Peter yeah, Peter Vanden Hoogen band. Have they? Say it like Dennis Committee, please. Peter Vanden Hoogen band. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and Inga De Bruyne. Yeah. Um, Kevin's mum. <laughs> Um, no, look, they, they, Sorry, they, just briefly, I found it. Zamzam Muhammad Farah ran heat one fuck, of the men's got, got of, the, of, right of the women's four hundred meters, and she ran it in one minute twenty point four eight, which was. And where was she from? Somalia. Yes. And she, um, her time was thirty seconds slower than the winner, so my time of one oh eight wouldn't have been good enough to qualify. You say she was in a. She was in like four. You can watch the video; it's on YouTube. Was she? I'm not being culturally incendiary. Was she in the hijab or was she in like the Kathy Freeman type? It was was it a body? Was it an intentional bodysuit or yeah, was it? No, it wasn't an intentional bodysuit. No. Okay. I think it was modest dress. Okay. So if you've got the computer open, yeah. are you any chance of uh, playing the Chautauqua TJ Smith from 2017, or will that breach copyright? Might breach copyright. We'll do it off pod. Do it off pod. Yeah, we'll do, do it, it off pod. Um, yeah. Look, I'm happy. The only thing I was I, other thing I was going to say is. There's been um, three successive EPO uh, oh, no. positive tests by Kenyan distance runners. Oh dear! So the whole you know we always love the story about you know the Kenyan runners that yeah. run ten k to school every day. Well, take that, take home, that, JP. Sort of They're fucking juiced yeah. up. So yeah, it's 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 a. It, there's been a lot of talk for a while that there may be a few dodgy things going on, but. If you live in Kenya and your only way out and to be able to make something of yourself is to juice a bit to be able to have some success. Ah, you can, wait a minute. You can sort of get... <laughs> wait you, a you minute. Can, you can understand how things might come yeah. about, but... Your only uh, way out is to juice a bit. <laughs> Jesus. I'm just... Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm just watching Tim sounds like the a... Lionel Hutz of defence lawyers <laughs> for these people. How do you know that? You don't watch The Simpsons. Because you mention Lionel Hutz every single week. So that's it. We're done? I think we're done. I think we're done. We're done. We'll, we'll start. We'll, we'll start the, the tales. Yes, tales of the punt next week. We'll get Tim to maybe think of his, you know, his favourite one, and we'll go from there. Um, so, thank you very much for listening. I've been Sean Peter, joined by Fabian Guadagnolo, Arabidetchi Ragazzi, and Tim Davis. Always a pleasure. Thank, thank you. you. Good luck. Where you